One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Still got that it. Go better than fucking... any of the other times we've done that. <laughs> Literally ever. Yeah. It's been fucking a calendar year. Did we do one last year? Uh, if memory serves, that was like our finale, the, thing, the very yeah. last ever episode. Oh, it's yeah. so much for that, right? Yeah. Well, well, well. fuck. I can't believe we're back in this dumb saddle. I can't believe we're back in this uncomfortable idiot saddle. Two half we, of the half of this podcast doesn't work for Polygon anymore. Is this even legal to, to have them as rep- opinion representatives for Polygon? This is not bullshit. If we are including this part in the show, which I think we probably should, uh, I sitting here at this moment, hand to God, don't know how to get this onto the RSS feed. Jeez. I literally <laughs> don't know how to publish this episode. To we were using some like dark magics before yeah. to get I'm, it on. I, oh man, I backdoor shit. You know, we, can, we should, might just want to cancel this right now because I just clicked through iTunes and I'm going to our podcast page and there's just an old wooden sign <laughs> hanging on the Bessie's <laughs> podcast page that says "closed for business." Uh, we could probably send it by telegraph. I think that would be fine. A tumbleweed just came out of my computer monitor. Yeah, I don't know what to do with it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe maybe we could just like personally email it to the 14 people who give a fuck about besties. All 14, that seems like a lot of work. My name is Dustin McRoy, and I know the best games of the year. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I know the best games of the year. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best games of the year. My name is Russ Rush, and I'm the best game of the year. As if we never left, fam. (laughs) As if we never left. It's the besties, the worst podcast that people still love for some reason. Uh, What have we done? This is the best Easter we talk about the latest and greatest in fashion, food, movies, <laughs> uh, cars, trends. And this year, this year we're talking about. Uh, this year we're talking about video games. You know, they're not just Pac-Man anymore. You know what? I, you know what I'm just now realizing. Earlier this year, this past Thanksgiving, uh, Justin, Travis, and I launched a new podcast that we were all excited about because we thought the idea was so great and it was going to be the world's first annual podcast. Little did I realize that the besties done beat us to the punch. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really know at that point that it was now annual. Yeah, and we don't even know that it is now either because <laughs> doing it two true. years in a row does not make it annual. We, uh, here, we'll give you, we'll give you a, a guarantee of three a decade. That's the best we can do. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. If you guys had to guess, who would you think is going to tweet the most during this recording? <laughs> <laughs> I think Justin. I'm at one. Um, You're keeping so, it a secret, right, though? Yeah, I'm keeping it real secret and safe. I'm telling people not to tell anybody about these tweets that <laughs> I've got going. Um, so this is the besties. We are here to talk about the best games of the year. We each have brought... What did we do? We each brought we, three games. We uh, Caveat up here at the front. Disclaimer, this is not Polygon's top ten. I don't know when this is going to go up in relation to Polygon's top 10. It's also not a top 10. It's a top 12. Because It's a top 12, yeah. But regardless, both this and the Polygon top 10 are going to be bonkers because it was a totally bonkers year. Um, and I'm excited to get my hands dirty. So we've got 12 games that we're going to rank. Is that the way we're doing so it? So here's, here's, here's my idea. We each brought three games, and there are top three games of the year. Um, ostensibly. There was, I think, one crossover 
And so one person had to like drop the game and let the other person have it and get another one. But 12 games, I think we drop this quarterfinals bullshit that we usually get stuck in that quack. I don't know. I think we, uh, I think it was really well thought out and organized. Oh my God. (laughs) Here's what I think we should do. I think we do three rounds where we each pit our threes against each other, our twos against each other, our ones against each other. Then we take those three and then you ready for this? This is the genius part. At the end of those three rounds, we'll have three games and then the four of us will decide on those three games. No more fucking stalemate. Unless, oh my unless God. we go, unless we give two votes to one and two votes to the other and zero votes to the other, but let's not worry about that right that now. That seems unlikely. Break the stalemate bullshit that we always get into, where it's like, well, Gone Home or Zelda, and then we fight about it for forty-five minutes, and then nobody feels good about it. Do you think this is a voting blocks here? I think it's a voting blocks. Here. I think <laughs> we got to be strategic um, about it. So, can we do thirteen games? Because I'm no. looking at this list, and there's one that's still undecided and i don't know which one we should talk about well it was you do you want to brought two games do you want to yes well let me okay so what so we're just going to take turns or we're going to yeah well we'll do do rounds and we'll each like pitch our threes against each other our twos um should we open up because like i can't stress this enough it was a wild year like looking at the how like polygon staff voted on the top 10 usually you get like maybe 15 really great games that everybody kind of allots their votes for and then from those 15 you get a, a a tight 10 this year i feel like there's maybe like 30 to 40 games that that we're getting votes and i feel like there like in us deciding on the 12 we're bringing to this it was sort of a similar dilemma of there's just like a lot of stuff catering to a lot of different types of people who play games we, yeah we we had a uh we had the polygon voting on the game of the year list and we've seen it we saw the top 10 and the top 20 and the top the 11 through 20 of the polygon list would be a very decent game of the year. It would be a very decent top 10. Like I would not have been surprised if that had been our top 10. That's, yeah. that's how many like really solid and not, not as solid, but like really disparate yeah. experiences, like super different, like uh, uh, not a lot. Like I would say not even like, thematically much you could point to this year in terms yeah, of like I, I trends think, right and we've moved beyond like the idea of the indie darling that like everybody falls in love with and puts all their weight behind because this year there were like 30 indie dar- like there were so many like really really great games that like in my mind completely superseded the big like stuff that I was you know that I knew to look forward to at the beginning of the year okay so I'd like to t- uh, let me um let me suggest this because I because I couldn't decide on my uh, on my games of the year, uh, my top three. Um, what if we started with like a quick round of honorable mentions, ones that we didn't put in our top three, but would still like to like sort of give a nod to? How does, well, how and this is going to be a little embarrassing because I think there's going to be one game in this list that is like. People are gonna be like, "What the hell is wrong?" With well, no, that's gonna turn out the show. I, that's gonna happen no matter no matter what. Like, but this was this is a big one, and I and it, I am one hundred percent guilty of this as well, which is to say, like, I played about an hour or two of this game and didn't get into it. This episode of the Best Needs is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. It's Witcher I mean, 3. We're talking it's about Witcher, Witcher 3. 3. So, like, let's talk about so this Witcher is our, 3. This is our honorable, honorable Witcher. <laughs> this is like our, we didn't even like this enough to think about including it, but, like, here's a game that a lot of people know about. I, honest <laughs> to God, here's why I didn't play very much Witcher 3. And I, I, I liked what I played all right, but th- th- this was a... It was hard for me to feel okay about investing a shitload of time in an open world game that I, I I did not get into hardly any open world games this year because there were other sort of experiences that I would rather funnel my my you know my free hours into and to, to that point like Fallout 4 which we are going to talk about later like I like that a whole lot but I didn't play it as much as I played Skyrim which is to say you know 300 hours of uncovering every single thing because every hour that you spend doing that is an hour that you can't spend playing another video game and there was a lot of competition specifically games that are like you know a tight six hours that I I need to stop saying tight when referring to games because yeah, I'm making myself uncomfortable, uncomfortable. the the issue issue for me for Witcher was like every second that I was playing was I I felt guilty because I like didn't know who this white haired dude was. <laughs> that is another thing I did not play Witcher one or two and no I I read oh. some pretty good lore wrap ups but I still felt like kind of lost. Um, I I played The Witcher two and I I liked it. Um, there was a. Uh, for me, the problem was this. I actually liked Witcher 3. I played a good number of it, a uh, number of hours of that. Uh, and then you get to this section where you're looking for a friend of yours that has gone missing. Um, uh, it, and it is a an extremely long, boring quest line um, where you're just hunting down uh, this this guy in one of the towns. And it's been so long that I don't... I'm, I'm, I am apologizing because... I do not remember the name of the, uh, uh, the any of this, the, the locations, <laughs> the characters. Is this just but the beginning I, of the game? Mm, no, this is about halfway through when you get okay. to one of the main hubs. Um, you, uh, you, you, you get into this really boring quest line where there's like a lot of like tracking down, um, uh, tracking down of, uh, like, clues and 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 stuff like that like things that are just not um that, that just aren't interesting to do dandelion is is the name of this friend and you are uh and it and it's in novigrad and there's just like it's just a very boring section but here's what happened for me and and i, I so i tried to read the brothers karamazov a few years ago yeah. and i got like halfway through and i got distracted by something and i 
try to get back into it and as dense and like much stuff is in that book to keep track of trying to go back into it was yeah. like literally impossible and that's how it was with witcher 3 like i got distracted by other games coming out and and i because this dandelion quest line was so bad and then i i just couldn't get back into well, it's it. not it just, just the couldn't. story like that that's the issue i had just being like away from it for a week the systems were so much <laughs> And, like, learning, like, I, I, I just had to rethink how I used health. And I know, like, all the uh, projectiles or grenades or whatever, you have to cook things. Crafting is, like, this thing that keeps me out of games at this point. Uh, because to learn each individual system just slows things down. Yeah. And makes I, things I, seem I, so tedious to me. I got that um, same sort of feel from it and, and and i know that's what like a lot of people like about it like yeah. you have to be very strategic with the stuff that you bring into battle um but it, it that's just it just seemed like on top of the the me feeling overwhelmed by not understanding the lore that would just to add more layers of of stuff it was just i i think that someday i will play witcher 3 and and get into it um in a in a slow period i still want to like check it out because i know so many people love it so much but like that's a that's a that's a steep climb to yeah. to get over. That's a pretty also, big barrier of entry. This is the definition of playing a game wrong, as much as I hate that term. But I made it to some boss, like you had to go into a cave, and then you caught the big bad or some bad. Uh, and you had, you had this boss fight. And this is early on, probably a few hours in. And I did not understand how health worked, that I would have to essentially restart, go back to the town, grind, get the money, get some more health, and then go try this again. And I had already sunk so many hours into it that I refused to basically lose my progress through this cave mission uh, and had to find a way to trap the enemy in the architecture and then just, like, stab it for hours until it went away. And that, like, anytime a game is making me think like that, like, to essentially get past it like it becomes work man I, that's how much like, des how much destiny did you play this year yeah well that's true well, I, destiny was good because uh that's later that's later once the second i got to like having to worry about my light level uh yeah that destiny definitely lost its, its shimmer um, uh, we can't we okay. got we, we have can't. too much shit we can't talk about games that didn't okay. make the list for yeah. 15 minutes um, but I want to bring we do up came out a little bit, right? There are our honorable. Mentions. No, we should. Right. I just not 15 minutes dedicated to one game that we sure, all sure, just sure, like sure. everybody loves and we apparently hate. So fuck your taste. <laughs> um, I want to well, talk. About we don't have an email address for the show anymore. Yeah. Speaking of fuck my taste. How about until dawn guys? I just played the shit out of that game late late comer and i'm glad i played it like the day before our goatee votes had to go in and i'm so glad i did because it clocked in real real high for me boy that game is a treats of pizza i didn't play it because it's spooky and i don't do well with spooky games um, yeah i i uh i love the spooky games i love the spooky genre but i, w I wouldn't say it's even terribly spooky there's some actually some really 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 well executed jump scares like in terms of pacing and tension like i think it nails it uh yeah. but in terms of like straight up schlock holy shit it's a slam dunk like mm -hmm. and 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 it's not just like i watched it and i was like oh it's like a teen slasher thing yeah but it's also like uh there's a lot of uh like supernatural horror like a little bit of like lovecraftian stuff a little bit of saw like they touch on on a bunch of different genres and i really think they execute it so much better than uh than i assumed they were going to i ended up like loving the game i played it twice um trying to get that platinum did um, you 
I did not. No, I didn't kill oh. everybody. I have to kill everybody. That's my last trophy, and it's hard. It's hard to kill everybody. It's actually got. It's also what helps us a lot is it's got like a really. It's got a really good cast. Um, yeah, Hayden Panettiere is like the lead. Uh, the lead character Peter Stormare is in it as a, a doctor. Rami Malek, who's the lead in um, Mr. Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Uh, uh, Brett Dalton, the guy from uh, Agents of Shield, uh, is in it, and they really help to like. The material is cheesy, but it's pretty much pretty consistently like intentionally cheesy, right? Um, and it and is nice to play a horror game. Speaking to what you said, Russ, because it's spooky. It's nice to play a horror game that like you're kind of okay with no matter how it shakes out. Like this game will just keep on going if you get somebody killed. Like well, right? It, it, it has just, that heavy, just keeps trucking. It has that heavy rain idea where even if somebody dies, like the the story keeps going but what it does so much better than heavy rain is like everything everything first (laughs) of all um the totem system i thought was really smart you can find these little objects on the ground that will show you uh one of five different sort of like types of messages so it could be like a warning or it could show you a vision of your own death or a vision of a friend's death um or a, a decision you can make that will lead you to good fortune um and if you miss those it's whatever it's not that big a deal if you find them, it helps you like inform your decisions later on to try and pick the the less lethal or more lethal, if that's the way you want to play it, option. Um, I thought that was a really yeah, a smart way of handling that. Yeah, I always get frustrated in games like this when it feels like you're making a choice randomly. And there are choices that would feel like that in this game if you don't find the related totem. So it kind of gives like an added layer of, and, you know, quote unquote gameplay and to even if you, narrative. And even if you find the totem, it's not like the totem's like, okay, now when you get to this door, don't open it. It shows you like a little bit of the door and what happens afterwards. And you have yeah. to like figure out the clue and figure out like where it is, uh, where, where it, it means something. Spooky. Uh, I have spooky. a, I have a dumb thing to throw on this list of things that didn't make it. Uh, There's no and came dumb in games. very late. Uh, it's 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 a silly thing to include on this list. Uh-huh. I I will confess up front. Uh, but the new Earth Defense Force on Vita is when did that come out? Excellent. Um, it came out like a week ago. Um, oh, really? and it's essentially a remake of I think like the one from two years ago. I don't know. But the problem with these games, uh, other than their repetition, uh, is they take forever to load. Yes. Uh, they're super fun, but the loading is a, a killer. Uh, in this game, it gets rid of that. Uh, the loading is nothing. There's actually good uh, modern uh, UI. Uh, menus are helpful, and you can fly. So uh, the kind of like traversal issues. Of they the fixed game. everything. For people who don't know, <laughs> Earth Defense Force, because a lot of people have not played it, is an open world game series that has been around for essentially since the beginning of xbox 360 would you call and it open world no i would not call it open world. no yeah it's just like a big map it's like you're yeah. in an okay. arena it's it's imagine huge cities that are on it's the, like calling battlefield an open world game um no because there's not a, a direct line that you complete anything it's like in calling, multiplayer though like, yeah it's like okay maps that are like battlefield's multiplayer maps yeah uh, and everything is destructible like all the buildings, these giant skyscrapers come crashing down, and you shoot, like, aliens and bugs that come from space and giant robots. Uh, in the scale of it, there's still... That, that's the thing that, like, I feel like this has made it on some form of my list uh, every year since it's come out. Yes. Because there's still nothing that does the scale of this game. Um, and I get that's because, like, it's 
okay having tons of bugs, well, like, issues, uh, and, like, looking like crap. And also, when you shoot a building, it looks like just, like, four cardboard boxes falling over. Which is hysterical to me. Yes. Uh, But, like, (laughs) it, it, it... and, and I had this a little bit. We'll get to a. There's another game that we're going to talk about later that Griffin loves that reminds me of this in a weird way of not worrying about everything being perfect uh, so long as you're able to do like this one big idea that you set out to do. Sure. And, and I respect that ambition and I'm disappointed that like I still feel like I'm not seeing things as strange and as big as this game. I'm yeah. looking forward to. I'm hoping Megaton Rainfall will, as oh, bad God. as the title yeah. is, I'm hoping that'll like pick up some of this slack. Which is basically pitched as like an EDF game if but, you were a superhero. And like, VR. I, I played it at GDC and mind if I do. came super, super close to vomiting right on this excellent, poor gentleman. Excellent. That's the kind of emotional <laughs> reaction I want from my kid. Um, <laughs> I want to bring through a couple just real quick. Yeah, thank um, you. Steamworld. Well, bringing one. What the hell are you doing? Oh, I thought we were just like banging out we're all just the ones. Bang, bang out. What do you, what do you got? Uh, uh, SteamWorld Heist just came out on 3DS. It's like a 2D. Oh, XCOM. I love SteamWorld, and I saw this got good reviews. It's different. It's totally different from SteamWorld Dig. It's not like uh, Minecraft. You like code name Steam? No. Well, a little yes, bit, kind is. of, except not it's shitty. Um, it's 2D. Uh, we should do a biggest disappointments part later on because fuck yeah. me. Oh, we definitely God, did a lot of planning it. before this episode. Um, <laughs> we did not do any at all. Uh, but this yeah. is like loosey goosey freeform. I love it. It's like 2D XCOM. It's like the, uh, a tactics game with real time aiming. Um, so you actually have to like aim the attacks you do, and you because it's 2D, uh, you can ricochet your bullets. So like if somebody's hiding around cover, uh, you can either you know shoot their cover until it breaks, or you can do like a dope ass like pool trick and bounce it off the ceiling and then the wall and hit them in the back with it. Uh, but Griffin, there's also some really worms? cool tactics. And no, 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 no. It's it's not. It's it's not like as it's not physics based at all. Okay. Um. There's also like really great unlocks. Like there's a bunch of there's a bunch of different weapons and different like uh, pieces of equipment you can use. Uh, it's very very XCOM like in in that sense because you can find like a med kit or. Uh, brass knuckles and then all of a sudden they can do like really strong melee attacks like there's a bunch of customization options that I really like and I'm looking forward to playing it during my my travels Um, I've got one to throw down Uh, and this is a game that feels like it's been out for four years but in actuality literally just released like a month ago or I guess a couple weeks ago is Nuclear Throne oh yeah Uh, you know it's been in early access or whatever on Steam since like 2013 or something Uh, finally came out and the it's great i've been playing it on vita and it's just like perfect for that platform i'm absolutely loving it uh really cool unlocks super difficult it's like a really good community that posts replays and crap like that um definitely my favorite of lambeer's games so far so if you dig their stuff you know i was thinking like it wasn't a great year for portable games really um and i'm not not phone games because we're actually gonna that's in one of our top threes but like i i i don't actually know that that's fair because there were a bunch of games that i was really disappointed in like yokai watch and uh uh what was the steam the dumpster codename steam but like i played a bunch of monster hunter 4 ultimate that was the first monster hunter game i got into that's a good game um and uh persona 4 dancing all night it's a good good year for games that had the number four in them as a whole uh I wanted to give a tip of the hat to Magic Circle, which I didn't put on my list because I didn't think enough people had played it um, on this call, so I didn't think had, it would be... I've played it. Did Chris, Russ, did you guys play it? Okay. <laughs> no, okay. So Magic Circle for me might be, like, 
I talk a lot about like I think there's a difference between the best games of the year and like your favorite things you play the, during the year. Magic Circle is the thing that I think sort of stuck with me the most. Yeah. Um it is it is uh, a game that is very much about video games and about the process of making them and the relationship between player and developer and sort of like pulling back the veil on what that that division actually means. Um it has some fascinating mechanics that are the the central sort of like most pervasive mechanic, even though it switches up several times during the game. The the central most pervasive one is you're basically a uh, QA tester on this fantasy game that uh, is is incomplete, and <coughs> it's the, in the it's main... in development hell, which is like the most interesting aspect yeah, about it, it. It's been in development for for forever, and you're QA testing it, and you can actually like take um, behaviors in in and uh, qualities of the creatures in the world are actually presented as like inventory items. So the ability, like if a, a, a monster has the ability to fly, for example, that is uh, an, an item that they have basically. That is a behavior that belongs to them. And you can at any point um, freeze monsters and change their behaviors. So you can like steal the behavior ability to fly and give it to one of your other animals you can change their allegiance so that they love you and hate all certain other types of creatures or or whatever um there's a ton of flexibility there and it makes like the puzzles in the game uh are there are a ton of different solutions because it's it's however you sort of piece it together but that's the mechanical end of it and it's that not really the, the most interesting aspect it it raises some really good questions that i found it very hard to shake about playing video games and making video games and and why we do that and what that means and i, I griffin i think was the uh, said and I, and I agree with him that it simultaneously made him want to make video games for the rest of his life and never play a video game again yeah it has I, like i i brought up the point that it, the it has the scariest final boss ever maybe in any video game ever in but from like an existential perspective like what the fuck are you doing with your life and like if that sounds like a preachy dumb sort of uh uh argument to make against playing video games but it it is actually very nuanced and it's also voiced by uh james urbaniak is that his name oh from, yeah from uh, venture uh, brothers venture brothers and um and uh the the voice cast is actually excellent sort of across the board but yeah it brings up like a, a the question of like what you're doing when you're playing a video game also um, a lot of hard hitters uh or heavy hitters behind the scenes like the people responsible for that are credited is it george thomas part. yeah uh um, with bioshock uh i mean yeah bioshock, bioshock 2 and bioshock and it's it's yeah. Ken Levine is actually in the game as yeah. an HR rep. Um, exactly. uh, it's really excellent. And and I, I just, can I piggyback on here and also recommend it? I should say, by the way, that it, yeah. it, it is not an, it is not, uh, even though it sounds like that, it's not necessarily an anti-video game game. It's more about like, I think it does a valuable thing in forcing you to sort of like stare that question in the face. Like it was bracing, I would yeah. say, but it has actually like been useful because I think after playing it, I I actually for for at least a little while I don't know if I, I would say it's still something I think about a lot, but um, I I was more judicious about how I, I was more aware of if my time was being wasted 
uh, by by a certain game or not. Um, and I think it's a really interesting, cool question to to raise. I want to. I just want to piggyback on that and also recommend uh, the Beginner's Guide. I don't know if any of you guys yep. played that. No. Um, but it's yeah, I did. It's fantastic. It's from Davey reading awesome. the the guy who made um, the oh shit. Stanley Parable. Stanley the Stanley Parable, Parable yeah. He has, a, he has God, another new of, game, too. He does. Right? Yeah, he's a very crank, small thing, yeah. He's cranking them out, which is surprising, because Beginner's Guide seemed like the kind of game that you, as an uh, independent game developer, put out, and then just sort of back off for a while, um, <laughs> uh, because it is a game that he made that is actually a, uh, a, a very... It's like a short story collection, almost, like a compilation of these games and demos that were made by a developer friend of his named coda um who had a really interesting sort of artistic vision for like what what his idea of what games were and there's there's a lot of like really interesting themes that sort of pervade all of the different stories like there's a lot of uh like this 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 coda guy was interested in making prisons the games are almost all like unbeatable like they just like get you trapped in a prison at some point or your character just stops moving um and they're all really uh interesting and kind of sad like they're all about sort of this this person's isolation and like he he never published his games he never wants to put them out in front of anybody um and yet that is exactly what davy is doing in this collection but the the interesting thing is that there's never like a there's never a clarification about like what is fictional and what is not, if Coda is even real or not. Um, uh, and and I, it is so open to interpretation, but it's all about like creating stuff for other people and like what that means to you as a creator. It's about like being too over reliant on uh, you know feedback from from people for the things you make instead of just sort of making stuff in a vacuum for yourself, if that's even possible uh, in games. Like. There's some really, really interesting stuff that it does, um, and and uh, I would recommend that everybody who likes games and has ever thought about making games should should play it because it's and very similar to Magic Circle. Like it brings up a lot of really cool questions. Cool. Uh, yeah, go cool. You guys got anything else you want to add? Uh, like, quick shout out to Invisible Ink. I really like that game. And What's that one? I don't know that one. It's a turn-based spy game from. Oh, Invisible. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Turn-based spy game from Clay. They made Don't Starve. And it's like uh, really tactical XCOMy, but with like cool um, character development and uh, upgrades. Great and, too. Great yeah, game. really good name. And the uh, the over like the Overwatch mechanic where you can like be the computer and like give access to your computer AI companion to like hack other other stuff in the facility. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, the the difficulty scales. It's really interesting how it scales. I I dig it a lot. Uh oh, can I mention one more? Let's uh, just yeah, bang day. bang them out. Uh, Jess, anybody here play Lifeline? No. Uh, I I've been playing it on your recommendation. I'm enjoying it. Uh, so, was that so, this year? Yeah, uh, earlier in uh, I think it was March. Uh, Lifeline Two. Apple Watch, right? Yeah, uh, Lifeline Two came out uh, this year as well. Wow. Um, Griff, help me out because it's a little. I I don't know. It's hard to explain in a way that ma- that makes the compelling parts compelling. The fiction of the game is that there's a young uh, student. Uh, who is also an astronaut who's been crash landed on a moon. Um, and since he is a student, he doesn't have a lot of the survival techniques or, or things that he would need to sort of stay alive. Um, the one thing he does have is a communicator that can only reach your phone. So the game itself is really just receiving messages from this stranded astronaut and um, him presenting you with sort of 
A B choices uh, as to his situation and what you think he should do in any given moment. Um, they're really cool. Th- so similar to the best way to describe it is if you saw The Martian or read The Martian, it would be like being the person that was on the other end of that, like communicating in that in that fashion, that sort of scenario. The really neat thing about it is that the game runs in real time. So. Uh, you know, if he asks you, do you think I should, you know, walk through this crater or, or take the slow way and walk around it? It's a little safer. Um, he'll, you, you know, you tell him what you think and he'll say, okay, well, I'm going to go do that. And he'll just leave for hours. And it's like, you can't just pick him and play it whenever you want. He'll, he messages you. Most of it comes in through, uh, like the big part of the game is notifications, like getting a notification that, Hey, he needs you or he needs to talk to you or whatever. Um, it's not like a, uh, a Tamagotchi or whatever, like you don't have to check right away. But it is really neat to sort of forget that you're playing the game and then be at the DMV and get a text yeah. message from an astronaut saying like, <laughs> hey, I need to go do, what do you think I should, you know, how do you think I should approach this? It's 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 really neat. Um, I think, oh, Guitar Hero Live's very good too. We don't have to talk about that though. Let's fight. Cool. Let's, let's get into it. I'll start, whatever. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I care. So we're doing number threes. We're gonna put up our threes in threes. basketball terminology. Drain threes. those buckets, gentlemen. I want to see a good game out there when we're deep in the paint. Threesies. No, no punching uh, and no under the belt stuff. What about over the now, belt? Over the belt, absolutely. And through belly the button. woods to grandmother's house we're going. Little belly now, in button besties, action. In besties b-ball terms, though, the three is bad. Like th- The one is better than the three. We're golfing, basically. Oh, who, know, who knows? Because uh, uh, the three winner could beat the one winner. We yeah, don't it's know. It's kind of strategic. You might want to drop something oh. here. I you. still don't understand how we're doing this. Voting so, box. Uh, all right, let's do it. Okay, my number three is Destiny the Taken King. Hell yeah, it is. I've so heard of that. Let's let's take a little trip back in time. Okay. The the year is 2014. The time, sometime in December when we recorded this last dumb podcast. <laughs> the topic. Holy shit. You guys making fun of me for like a half hour. Not about just how that. Dumb Destiny Rust- is. Rustifer, not just that. It was a battle between Destiny and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. <laughs> that was what we were competing with. By the way, and this year, we're, my number three is going to be Black Ops 3. So it's going to be a really close call. I actually did bad. really like Black Ops 3, but uh, ignoring that. Yeah. Taken it's King. The first one I haven't played, by the way, in like since Call of Duty ever. Probably ever. Actually, fun. ever. Uh, since that epic battle happened between two FPS juggernauts, <laughs> all uh, uh, people on this call have actually played Destiny. A quite lot, a bit of like it. A horrifying fact. amount. <laughs> Griffin and I have played a fucking lot of Destiny. And even Plant played a little bit. And, and he's I played like, too much. And, and he played like 30 hours is a little bit of destiny. That's a, that's a joke. That's how much my kid played. <laughs> my kid, Griffin's non-existent kid played for 30 hours. Uh, uh, destiny got really good this year. It huh? did. And it, and I really, what I think it did was just like realize what it did well, which is to say like rating and like not, not just rating, but like more interesting story missions and like an actual story and an actual characters. And, and it just sort of refined those things to the point where it's like much more approachable for people that have never played it before. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was like, you need to, I mean, it was essentially a dark souls game. Like you needed to be reading the destiny subreddit and wikis to understand what the hell a mode of light is and why you need it. 
Right. You right? needed to you needed to read you needed to do a deep research dive to understand like what the fuck you were even supposed to be doing. Not even how to do it. But yeah. just like, okay, I've I I've hit max level. Like what do I even do now? Like what activities are there left for me? It is so unclear or it was and the crazy thing is that it's still super unclear but compared to where it was before it's much better like plant if you if i hadn't been telling you you should do this or you should do that what would have happened when you finished the story yeah this this all sounds silly to me because i still think i had to rely on the internet a lot i understand it wasn't nearly as much like when you were telling me about like collecting materials and stuff once i got to that point i was like no uh and to know that it was worse than what it is now is call of duty deserved to win last year (laughs) yeah that's that's true man that 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 game sucked um Um, but yeah i mean it's i i i i think there is a tendency amongst uh the hardcore destiny fan to overstate some of these things uh the story. Well, Chris, you came to it new this year. What 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 was your take on it? How did, how was it? It's it's very fun. They're very good at the shooting, <laughs> like the moment to moment of that game is excellent, which is great because it's gonna have a lot of grinding once you get past the uh, the the initial stuff. And having the moment to moment be so strong, I think, helps with the grinding. Uh, I think the missions were fine. They were like as good as Halo missions, which I've always found to be kind of yeah. um, colorless and dull. Yeah, I don't uh, think they're anything to write home about. Yeah, it, but 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 still enjoyable. Um, I thought it was a very strange thing to always be to be perpetually behind all of my friends for them not to have a solution for that i think is except to play play more right to play over well really i i i don't know i never got to that point but at least 40 to 50 hours before you're fully caught up with your friends um and that's a that's a really big ask um and even that even that even when you are caught up you're not, there's always I never, more i i always felt like there was i never played with russ where I didn't feel like there was some aspect of charity to it. Like, I didn't, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but I don't think any I'm of that's carrying bad. On a litter. I, like, yeah, it, it's it is t- to criticize it for that seems also unfair because it, it it can't please everybody. And in some ways, I like it that it can't please everybody. That it's not sure. trying to be everything for everyone. That it really does feel like a game made for people who are going to become obsessed with it. But but this what's what's striking about the Taken King and the reason that I it made my top ten list, it's I, I think it is uh, redeemed itself so much is because it, it with, with Taken King, not so much the two other expansions that came out this year. Actually Dark Below came out last December, but yeah. um it finally did become a a game that sort of catered to everybody because you had those missions and if you just want to play the missions that's fine uh the pvp got really good with trials of osiris like that that stuff was really fun uh but but the like trickiest needle to thread is for the people who are like that top five percent people who are so deep in the metagame what do you do for them besides just like throw enemies with more health at them and they got so smart about like the secret shit, like the secret stuff. There, there was yeah. a good month or so there where I had finished Taken King. I had hit like the max light level and I really enjoyed what I played, but there was no like sort of direct path forward other than, you know, grinding for the exotics I didn't have yet. Uh, and then they did the Black Spindle, which is still yeah. like one of my most memorable gaming moments of the year, like waking up and finding out, hey, there's this baller 
like hyper powerful weapon out there that somebody just discovered that they didn't like announce or anything. Somebody just found it, and then me and Russ, did you help me get it? No, no, I, I did it with. I think Kirk. it was me, Jake, and D's like two two other Polygon dudes, uh, or, or Vox dudes, like just like bashed our head against it for like three hours trying to get that thing which is in the grand scheme of thing is is actually not a lot of time to spend trying to get the black spindle because damn that shit was hard but then like every week it felt like there was like a new discovery being made and the the the, the discoveries and stuff were cool and the new weapons were cool and the challenges to do them were cool but more than that it was this excitement of like oh shit this has been a game that within hours of the of each expansion launching you knew every single thing about it and that's just not true anymore like there, yeah, there, there could be infinite with without knowing how much secret stuff there was in the game the game all of a sudden becomes infinite and that was so exciting and that and that it was pretty impressive because that lasted about a month maybe a month and a half i would say and unfortunately they sort of hit that this point now where everyone is like really clamoring for that feeling again and, like, I can't really blame them because, let's face it, I probably dropped 200 hours into Taken King and, like, I was very engaged with it. So the fact that I have essentially run out of content that's going to keep me interested is not that much of a fault. But that's the big complaint with it now. And that's why everyone's, that's, I, like, I just super don't understand that. Like, the secret, uh, the secret to that is, like, you have to know that Destiny is not an MMO in the sense that, like, World of Warcraft where you are owed like right. something new you're to not do paying constantly. $15 a month like, you're not you pay $1 $60 fee figure it out you, you will enjoy I told Gr- Griffin helped me get my uh exotic sword in destiny and I told him after I got it I said well I just beat destiny yeah. and I literally never touched it yeah I got I did all the stuff that I wanted to do yeah. like I got all the neat crap I wanted to get and I saw all the things and I was done but that's yeah. that's I'm like and I got my money's right worth. Like, that's it's, fine like, that's I I've, I've talked to it's so great. many people who are just like yeah I really like destiny earlier this year but I don't really play it anymore so I don't know if I'm gonna like I don't know if it's gonna <laughs> make my top 10 list like if, if we're going based on hours played destiny beats the fuck out of oh, everything else on my list by everything. a factor of like 10. Like, yeah. I played 10 times as much Destiny as any other video game this year, which is crazy, because I know earlier on when I was talking about The Witcher 3, talking about, like, how I didn't want to do that. Spoiler alert, it's because I was already doing that with Destiny. But, like, I, I, looking back on it, I got I got definitely my money's worth out of oh, Destiny yeah. a hundred yeah. times over. It's, and it's, it's fun. It's great to, like, get back into The it. Sparrow like, Racing League stuff is, like... Oh, it's a blast. I, I, like, I back wish I had more things like that would give you a reason to incrementally jump in just yeah. so, like, you don't forget whatever. Well, they knows. they have. They have. Like, I, the, the, I don't know if you did any of the Halloween stuff, but it was really great. Like, yeah, you could, I did. You, I did. you could good. find these masks that you had to, like, go out and do these special quests for to make them permanent additions to your inventory. You could go <laughs> trick-or-treating, like, shooting enemies and collecting candy instead of the the money that they usually drop like I, I i actually think they've done a pretty good job upkeeping it it's just weird to me to be playing destiny every month and a half instead of like every fucking day all day yeah um but but i i feel like you just gotta look at the time that you spend on it and say like that was a good time i played with you guys like more than i've ever played any co-op multiplayer game in my life and, it's and that's so easy like to it's incredible presuming of course you're at like a reasonable light level and that's the shame of it is like if you weren't playing at launch which i know plant wasn't playing at launch that's where that that's where that divide happens obviously everyone playing at launch everyone's essentially the same level and can cooperate and work together but it's weird that i'll get to play with you next year like that that's basically how it works you have to have one year where you are behind and then next year even though i'm behind you now 
I'll be caught up with you. Uh, yeah, I almost mean, well, instantly. they built it in a way that, like, yeah, you can, so long as you start playing at the same time. But the problem is it's a pace issue. So, like, if I'm putting in three hours a week and you're putting in one hour a week. Right. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're But the, the scaling is not so harsh that, like, going back and playing... Of course, I didn't play much with Chris because I was too busy trying to get those exotics and shit. But <laughs> exactly. If I, if I had, like, this, it wouldn't have been a pushover for, for, okay. for you, moving from, you know, high level to low level. Dudes, yeah. we are 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah, we got to get We got to get Good game. Good game. Uh, Chris Plant, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Just Cause 3. And oh, I'm yeah. going to say why, this... Now, why is, it, why is that your number three? I'm going to say it up front. It's not a good game no. in the traditional no, that's, that's sense. Not the, that's not the answer I was looking for. Let's try one more time. Why is <laughs> why is why is Just Cause three? Why mm-hmm. is it your number three game? It, I no. I love. We're looking no. for two words here. <laughs> looking for two words. Just cause. Uh, Just cause. There we go. There we go. Uh, that's that bestie's humor that people have been clamoring for. People have been waiting a year for that fucking joke. <laughs> Missed them mm. jokes, didn't you, dirty birds? All right. So Just Cause Three is not a good game. I agree with you. But yeah. what, why is that on your list? Um. So I I love Just Cause Two. We've talked about it before. I love. I realized this in in what I didn't like about The Witcher. I love momentum, and I love, like, just the feel of getting around open worlds. I loved, like, Crackdown, because you could jump high. Uh, I love EDF, because you can fly. Just cause, as far as momentum goes, as far as, like, literally getting from point A to point B, is head and shoulders above everything else. Yeah, yeah. it's probably, yeah. The yeah. Be- probably the best Close traversal of any game, yeah. um, yes. maybe ever. Very difficult to learn at first, uh, but yes. being able to, like... Parachute. Uh, Approximately in... how many times have you chomped it while wingsuiting, like, into somebody's garden somewhere? <laughs> oh, man, so many times. I've also gotten so good at wingsuiting, uh, just, like, riding about two feet above the ground. Yeah. Uh, you, you When you start playing, you think you need a lot more clearance for wingsuiting no. than, you, than you really do. No, you can fly. Really? It's flight. You can fly. Yeah. It's flight. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, the, the development of the game is... I mean, I, I don't know what they were thinking at, at, at a certain level. Um, they created this system, and it seems like they really get why people love these games. They add tons of crazy weapons. You have the ability to essentially tether uh, anything you want together and then pull them together. So you could attach a person to a tower and then fling them up to the top of the tower and then let it loose and fire them like a slingshot. You can tether uh, uh, two towers to get well <laughs> tether two uh okay semis uh, together and make them explode right yeah I don't you, you, piss off the tolkien fans <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah it it, it it seems like they really get it and then you actually do one of the like missions or or like these like cities that the stronghold clear. takedowns are literally uh, any objective in the game, the game ever it, and and the two things that you have to do is one find items which becomes like an easter egg hunt to blow up and it is the dullest way you can interact with uh, a an open world and it feels like it's ripped from like a nintendo 64 like blast corpse way of thinking about game design i want to uh, really it, drive that home because it's important the map they give you in this game is useless you can't zoom into yeah. it very far the stuff when you're like looking through these towns looking for the specific shit you have to blow up to take over the town you can't see the stuff at first until you've taken down like 75 percent of and the stuff no already radar. there's no there's no radar in the game but like the map you can't zoom into the shit some of these installations are just these like 30 story tall towers oh. so like on the 
map, that is represented by like 40 icons just stacked up on top of each other, and you have to like go floor to floor in this tower looking for the fucking satellite dish. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. But, uh, honestly, there's something even worse than that, uh, which is this game's all about movement, and large chunks of these battles take place in European set like style cities. Uh, like non grid based, these like kind of I guess circular, or just rambling tiny corridors of streets, uh, which is like I, I I just I can't believe that that was like a logical thing for this game that is all about getting around. They're they're saying okay, the best way to for you to fight people is grounded in areas where it's almost impossible to get back in the air, uh, mm-hmm. and, and this game lives in the air. Uh, yeah. they, and, and they they could have figured out a way to do this. Maybe that it just means that it's more, I don't know, like small towns or something. But there, there's the, the most fun happens when you're on big open spaces. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Andrew Reiner posted a gif of like a train exploding off the rails and going down a mountain. Yes. And, and while like, they're wingsuiting over. That's wing some point break that, shit. That's the game. Yeah, uh, not like being caught in these tiny ass cities. There's an there's an early on rails or seemingly on rails shooter segment where like you're running away from a town with like all these trucks chasing you. You have to shoot the cars, and I was like, this sucks. This is boring. And a helicopter came after me, and I was like, what if I? And I zipped up to the helicopter, and all of a sudden I took over the helicopter, and it wasn't an on rail segment anymore. Yeah, I was like flow. I was flying above this segment, and I could shoot down the cars from above, or I could zip down to each car and put an explosive on it and blow it up and zip back to the car I was like. It, that shit is better than the main game. The on-rails oh, chase sure. segments are better than the main game. Like, well, it's it's, just, it's, yeah. it's insanity. It, and it does I, sort of show its hand. I mean, the coolest stuff that you can do in that game, you can do very early on. So there's yeah. really no build. Well, which, which is, is good because yeah. it's not the, related to grappling things together because I still have not found a grappling upgrade I've been playing for 10 Oh, years. yeah. That's the worst. It's the yeah, worst. It I, I was trying to, do, to find those things. I was, assigned to, I was assigned to do video on that and, and on, on Just Cause 3, and I was like, oh, I'll do a dope-ass stunt reel. And I found out there were upgrades like the thruster mines, which turn your, your remote mines. They put thrusters on the back of them. So if you put it on a car and then set off your mines, you get about five seconds of turbo boost before it explodes. It's insane what you can do with those. You can put them on uh, helicopter blades uh, so that they propel the blades in the wrong direction, and it just brings your helicopter to a stop <laughs> in the air. It's amazing. You have to find and unlock them, though. The way you find them is, first, you have to find a settlement, because they're not on your map to begin with. You have to a find the settlement. one. Right, it, it, right. Once you find it, you can see what conquering that settlement unlocks for you. So you don't know as you're flying around whether or not a settlement is going to give you thruster upgrades or whether it's going to give you grappling upgrades or wingsuit upgrades. But once you find it, you can see, oh, okay, this one does have a wingsuit upgrade. It's the 15th one I found. Thank God. Then you go in and you clear the, the settlement, which is not fun. And then it unlocks like a side quest uh, that you have to complete and get enough stars on to like yeah. move it's forward like on the progression tree. Scoring system right and you have to move forward on the progression tree a lot of those side quests fucking suck there's a lot of them are rough rough stuff and then if you do good enough congratulations now you can unlock that upgrade a ps if you're playing on a console like i am then not doing well in those uh side mission things means um Maybe a minute to ninety uh-huh. seconds worth of loading between the two. Yeah, th- th- like this game is best it, experience. That is, the, that is the that is actually the thing about it that is really killing it for me. Because I really it, it I I don't mind I, all of the stuff you guys are talking about is completely fair and justified. I could get over all of it except 
for the, the load loading times. times that are really, I mean, in any game, they would be abysmal. But in a game like this, where it's like, I just want to get these dumb side things out of the way, to know that I'm staring down the barrel of 90 seconds of like loading, maybe more. Like, I've had some outlandish booting, like, booting, three minute booting the loads. game is, is get, get a fucking oh. magazine ready. And that's on it PC is, it too. Is, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a full minute to ninety seconds to get to a screen where you think like, okay, well now I'll start it, and you start it, and it's another <laughs> yeah like load f- before another screen. It's uh, it's crazy. I, I will I, say I, the I, best way to play this game, and this is a similar thing with Just Cause Two. If and it's only if you have PC, there are people who create save files where basically everything is untouched. Well, it's a little stranger with this game. Uh, but they unlock all the stuff for you. So you just hop in. You look at it as if it is not a game that has a campaign uh, or anything. It's just a, a playground for all of its goofy stuff. And then you just make your own game. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there is... I've talked to the, the guy who runs the studio, Avalanche, a couple times. Uh, Christopher Sunderberg. And he... There was a while, probably a year or two ago, where he was really going off on narrative, where he, he just didn't feel like games needed narrative in the traditional sense, and that uh, what people loved about Just Cause was creating their own story. And I think, again, it's like that almost, but not quite. Uh, I think I think he's right, partly, but ultimately, you also... Narrative can be used to kind of help you figure out what people like or what's pulling people through your games. And it feels like there was such little interest in the campaign that had they figured out the issues with the campaign, it would have solved a lot of the larger issues around the game. Sure. Yes, that can provide a heat that propels you through a campaign, but Just Cause didn't need it. The problem isn't that there was not great narrative in Just Cause 3. It's that it didn't nail the 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 just dumb fun stuff right. that it it like it just said, put so many barriers in your way on the right it's, you can't fun. say we don't need narrative we're just going to rely on the dumb fun stuff that everybody likes about just cause anyway cool there was a lot of shit that kept me from doing the dumb fun stuff that I wanted to do in this just cause game yeah like it, they 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 didn't nail that that's a shitty like excuse yeah um, we should I'm glad that you I I I'm, I'm glad you brought it up to talk about it cuz like honest to god if we're doing a most disappointing game segment like Just Cause 3 <laughs> was up there for me. I was yep. looking forward to that so much the trailers made it seem so fun and like the 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 traversal stuff like that was as fun as it I thought it would be and the the dumb combinations you can do with explosives and grappling like that's all fine that is the only stuff it got right in my opinion and everything else like it just dropped the ball on. Yep. New games. Uh new game. Um, uh, fresh tick. No, well, he already did one. I can drop <laughs> mine. My number three. Do it. All right. My G-Mac. numero trace. How about Super Mario Maker? That's shocking to me that that's your number three. You it's, thought it would be higher? I thought it'd be high. Well, no, 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 no. I thought I thought it would be higher for you because this is like a dream game of yeah. yours. No, you I know. Love Little Big Planet, and you yes. love building shit, and you yep. love Mario. So it's like what? Um. No. Yeah. There's just two other games this year that came out that I. I liked even more. Um, right? That's surprising. Yeah, it is It is surprising. So Super Mario Maker, I don't need to talk that much no, about it. No, you make it's Mario. A, it's you a, make it's Mario. A, yeah, you make Mario levels. Um, but the the I remember the moment where I knew because I, I they they announced it what a couple couple of years ago um and it was it was uh, a Wii U game at a time when there were like no Wii U games 
announced and everyone just kind of thought it was just going to be known like as a, now <laughs> sure well devil's third just came out so that um that's a good point super, super mario maker everybody just kind of thought it was like a dumb little app because the, what they were showing off is like here's world one one you can change where the bricks are look you can make this pipe super high and if i press this button it changes the super mario world palette like cool um i guess and then at this past e3 they nintendo i feel like killed it because they were like what do you want to play what do you want to do they killed it last year too same way with super uh, smash brothers we're like hey everybody just come play it fuck off whatever just come play the game you don't have to watch the trailer a cinematic trailer just come play the thing they did that really cool with with this year with the nintendo world championships where they showed off that this game was on some dope ass like super mario kaizo shit like you can attach wings to to swamps and make giant goombas and you know make make uh make tiny bowsers or you know what what the fuck ever you can do anything with this game uh and as soon as i saw that i was like oh this is actually going to be very very good and it was because you can do you can do just like anything you could imagine and and like when i was a kid like drawing up super mario levels on a notebook like this game is that it comes with a little notebook that shows how they drew super mario levels in a notebook like it is it is a a very much a realized sort of it's dream and they they did it like perfectly yeah it's very charming and it's also weirdly modern which is kind of a weird thing to say about nintendo games but nintendo games you know the whole idea of like online play and sharing and sharing video obviously just a year or so ago nintendo i got in a lot of heat because they were blocking youtubers from showing gameplay or whatever it is and this is so the opposite of that where it's so friendly for sharing and so uh good for that that it almost seems like a a different nintendo put it out because and and speaking of different nintendo like i can't stress this enough the the number of ways and the severity with which super mario maker allows you to fucking pervert the laws of this franchise are, is like I cannot believe this got the Nintendo seal of approval because it's fun as hell, but like be, making like n- these nightmare prisons, yeah, for specifically for Patrick Klepek is like I can't <laughs> I can't believe like Nintendo allowed me to do some of the nasty nat like when I was watching Patrick bust his head against Dan Reichert's like nightmare spiky garbage pile. I was like, I, this is a Nintendo product. This is a Nintendo product. Like they, they yeah. they're so and they protective are born of, of like making it an, an approachable experience. Like that right, they, and they're so prote- protective of their of their intellectual properties. And this lets you take their intellectual properties and turn it into like dumb hyper abusive properties. <laughs> I I, lo- I love it. Like I it's yeah. it's it's a celebration of madness. I will be really interested, actually, to see if Nintendo can release another 2D Mario at this point. Like, I'm not sure that there's a... When will people want that? Like, yeah. at this point, like, they've given away the keys to the castle to an extent where, like, I just can't imagine there will uh, ever be a market for that again. I, you can I, I, I see, feel like having those I'm not saying they levels. couldn't evolve it. I'm just yeah. like... Well, I'm not saying they couldn't do things where, like, that this game isn't capable of, but when will there be a market of people who are like wanting to play something like that and have it where that hasn't been like completely, completely safe. Yeah. yeah. I, this, this, this game has me both like really happy and also a little worried about the future of Nintendo. Um, and mostly because this feels like, this is very sad, but 
like the great uh game of a lot of nintendo of like being riskier uh yeah for sure giving people what they want listening to shareholders and and actually doing interesting things with what people are clamoring for um and when i think about this and then i think about them going to mobile man that makes me really excited at the same time i'm I just hope this vision, like what led to, like you said, Mario Maker even existing, which it really is hard to like explain how bizarre that that this company that was so protective of Mario. I mean, it's like thinking about Disney being so protective with Mickey Mouse. um, Yeah. That they would make this. I I hope that. And now R2D2's on like a Coffee Mate box. (laughs) Right. But that mix of like vision and willingness to kind of please everyone uh which is man talk about a, a difficult needle of thread uh and and also I like hope that continues yeah and also like just releasing risky games like talk, talk about risky games on wii u how about splatoon like yeah hey nintendo you release like a shooter about like kid squids that's bananas but you did it and it was amazing like yeah i it was it was i didn't play my wii u a whole lot this year but man when i did like they stuck the landing in ways that i didn't i'm not used to them sticking the landing like if they had released like a new metroid that was baller and released like that new zelda that was baller and that was like the two games i played on wii u this year that's the kind of nintendo experience i'm used to not this like really really rich and frankly fucking hilarious user generated content experience and like the most original shooter i've played in the past decade like nintendo hats off to you that's some that's some that's some bold stuff. Now, maybe show the 3DS just a little bit more love. Just a little bit. Well, it's all uh, about the NX now. Moving forward. Yeah, that's true. We're going to care about that again. <laughs> um, all right, my dudes. Uh, my number three is... Um, uh, you trying to pick which one you want to... <laughs> no, because I put I put Magic... So I just... Honestly, my... My, uh, my top or not, like... Not numbered games like necessarily like my personal top three was not necessarily these it's just the ones that i thought would be the best sort of like that that i could reach consensus on basically really part in the kimono huh Seriously? yeah really when i'm well I'm, i mean i'm just trying to be honest like there's just stuff that i like magic circle is a good one where like i like magic circle a little bit better than my number three game but like if we're trying to reach a consensus among us i think that that my number three uh, well, it's honestly, it's the one that I wanted to talk to you guys about the most. Um, and it's Fallout 4. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, let me start. I'll just tell you sort of where I'm coming from. Um, super looking forward to it. Uh, it's out, by I, the way, you should know. Yeah. <laughs> Fallout 4? Oh, shit. Hold on. I'll be back with you guys in 70 hours. Um, I got I got into it pretty deep. I dug it. Um I really enjoyed it for my first, I would guess, like 30 hours. And then I hit that point of like, uh, I guess I should try to I should try to slow down a little bit and really like get into this world and, and check stuff out and, and get into some stuff and, and you know, explore more. Um, I ended up playing about 60 hours and uh, I, I'm not sure exactly how to articulate where I sort of lost a bit of the, the, the shine on Fallout 4, and I'm hoping that by talking to you guys I can sort of piece it together. But um, yes, I definitely got, got this sense, the longer that I played, the more I really felt like it really... There was a lot of stuff in it that started to feel really samey yeah. to me, and I didn't feel like 
the I thought as deep as it was, I would have appreciated that it just like uh, focused on doing about half as much yeah. twice as well. Yeah, so would, would be kind of what that makes that, that, perfect sense. Yeah, that would be my my feeling on I, it. I recently played Wasteland Two, which was made by the people that made the original Fallout. It's a top down turn based uh, tactical game, but you know, in terms of the world and and the st- uh, the style of gameplay. It's very similar to Fallout, obviously. And what, the thing that I noticed when playing that game is by nature of it being a top-down, much more simplistically developed game, which is to say not fully, you know, explorable open world, they were allowed to do a lot of things that kind of go to the core of Fallout, which is to say you come to a farm and the farm is taken over by mutant plant creatures and you're approached by a scientist can you convince the scientist to heal them yourself? Can you uh, give him an antidote to spread him on the plants? Do you keep the antidote for yourself to power yourself up, etc.? And in Fallout, obviously the Fallout 4, those things happen, but much more infrequently. And more often than not, it's like, go here, clear all the raiders out, get a thing, come back. Is and some, I honest to God, I, I, sometimes it seems like it's going to do something like that. And then it just like, doesn't yeah. like here here's the most telling thing to me about fallout 4 is if i say to this group of people i'm hoping this works what's the what's the like coolest mission stuff you did in the game and i'm i'm willing to bet we would all say the same thing like well, let's count three two one <laughs> okay three two one silver For shroud silver shroud yeah like oh. that that was everybody's like <laughs> yeah that was a lot of fun I would say like okay if 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 not rise I would say most I just people, forgot like, about it but yeah that makes sense <laughs> that's like the best thing that you did in the game and the fact that that's like everybody's favorite thing in the game is sort of indicative of the fact that there's not competition like there's not much there there was in my mind like no other mission set where you're doing that crazy like getting drawn into the dream yeah. world in Skyrim right. or like there's no like a, breaking into the palace there's no there's no escape mission. from the the island of Dr. Moreau like uh, uh oblivion DLC shit like they there just wasn't that much Am interesting I crazy? stuff there, did, I, did I miss like a memory den apart from that one story mission where you go to the memory den and like do stuff is like I honestly I think that's the only thing where you get into it like, but that's that's exactly what I'm talking about you roll up into a place that's called the memory den that has these little dope ass looking matrix pods and you're like oh shit there's gonna be like you know I'm gonna go to the wild west and dream like, dream missions or something like that or the the mission where you help out like the the family of people who are like super old and you have to like help them track down this ancient relic and you're like oh this is gonna be cool yeah it's gonna be cool but then at the end you just get in a shootout it, yeah. th- that's that's what i'm talking about like so many of the missions just end with a shootout or a punch out yeah. or a stealth out like i did everybody finish the game yeah yeah i want to i want to take if we could get spoilery for like not too don't get too super spoilery. i know just i need to be it needs to be spoilery for like three minutes and then if you haven't played the game skip ahead three minutes and and I won't be talking about it anymore. But I need to I need to talk about something really quick that I think is really important to the reason. Wait, I so somebody's connect. fumbling with their phone right now, trying to fast forward. Let's get yeah, more strongly. Sing about the spoiler it. song. I'm waiting. Sing the spoiler song. The spoilers have begun. Okay, so uh, you I are a dog person. I, are you talking about that okay. part? No, no. The the part that, that that I think bothers me is that you can in the game you can choose which faction you want to proceed with. Yes. 
You can uh, follow the uh, the Minutemen. You can follow with the Institute and sort of follow their quest lines or the Brotherhood and the uh, or uh, I first off or the Railroad. I think that those delineation that idea was not laid out well enough. I think f- for for starters, I don't think that it it was uh, it, a lot of times. I was like not really sure what I needed to do to progress and not just like from a quest marker perspective, but from a narrative perspective, like I, what I needed. I was often, con- happen, I was I, often confused but, of who I was helping in a given mission exactly. because like, tell me, yes. tell me what the difference is between the, the Minutemen and the railroad. Really? Yeah. Like they're both and, and, good, the good and, guys. And it's really weird. I think to choose which faction, like choose which faction you're going to go with and finish their storyline and then expect to feel any sort of sense of sat- narrative satisfaction when you have conquered over the forces you're opposing, when really all it is is which side you're playing. Like, it doesn't really matter which which side you went with because it's not going to feel narratively satisfying because they can't make a real narrative arc because it's completely in your hands how you want to proceed with it. And I think what really r- rang this home with me is I went with the, uh, the, the Minutemen because they seemed like the most sort of noble group and they were the first ones i started with and and they were fighting for humanity i'm into it and then almost as soon as i finished fighting the institute uh the leader of the minutemen told me that that we needed to get artillery and bomb the hell out of the brotherhood of steel and wipe them off the map like (laughs) what are you serious i'm the general how about we not do that and maybe like like talk to them a little bit because there's like eight people alive left especially after i finished doing my dark deeds yeah um but i think that that was my i think that's why i didn't and i think new better. vegas which had a very similar system they were definitely i think inspired by what was done in new vegas just overall was much more interesting the way they did factions and the writing was probably a little bit better it just didn't quite nail it <sighs> my game. bigger problem was uh progression because with by like level maybe 15 I could do literally everything. I was a stealthy character that had a dope-ass melee weapon I found that does, like, sick melee damage, and I also had, like, a gun that could, like, kill anything in just a couple shots and near-infinite ammo for it, and I could sneak really, really good, and I could hack any computer and pick any lock. Like, when I finished Skyrim... And by finished, I mean, I played like 130 hours and just like the guilt I was feeling of investing that much time into something was overwhelming. But I immediately wanted to hop back into it because I was a magic user the first time. And there were so many, you could be like 15 different types of magic users and it would be a different experience every time. But I wanted to be a stealth guy, like an assassin that used poison and bows, or I wanted to be a warrior that used heavy armor and axes and it would feel different. That just doesn't exist here because by level 15, I was everything. I was a tank mage. Like the, the progression system does not, allow you to specialize or i should say rather like it allows you to just be everything with no like gear gating whatsoever i I thought that was a big bummer because like i i just didn't i didn't feel a need to like hop back in and play it again because i had already made a character that was all archetypes yeah i like the logic of them getting rid of the like super minute stat point thing which i always thought was a little bit clumsy but yeah. the end result was that, like, you feel like a golden god. And you can increase the difficulty level and make it a little more interesting for yourself. But it but you're still going to be doing the same shit. Like, you're and still you, going to be, yeah, like, right. sneaking and when you can. Exactly. And, and, yeah, I just... Y'all, I know we've praised this game a lot, but we have a lot more games to get to. You're right. You're yeah, right. Um, that's so that's that's round one, though. Or round three? What that's, the fuck ever. That's uh, ra- round we, three. We got to pick a got to pick a winner pick from those four. So I think Just Cause and three and uh, Fallout probably are not going to make the cut based on the overall tone, <laughs> the tone yeah. of the conversation. I mean, do you want to? Let's go around. Say your votes. 
Uh, well, I mean, Russ and I should abstain, right? Because, Russ, yeah. I'm assuming you're going to vote okay. for Destiny. I'm, I, I'm vote I for say Super Mario Maker. Uh, Super Mario Maker. Uh, I would be okay with that, actually. I, I wasn't crazy about it, but that's not my... I mean, I'm fine with that, too. Go for well, it. I bet in defense of that, of not being crazy about it, like, I know people who didn't make any levels, even though the levels are, like, really easy to make. Even if you don't make any levels, it's infinite Mario forever. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, so congratulations, Super Mario Maker, number three best game of the year. Not how it, well, not, not how yet. it works. No. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, round two. Round two. Same Should order? Should yeah. I Same order. Yeah, same order. Let's do it. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties you go get a phone you just want a phone to talk to your friends and family you're not asking so much then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech you know the contract may sound good uh, up front but there's always some sort of catch you know who's not going to do that to you not going to pull that nonsense mint mobile they're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye. To your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. My number two game is Ori and the Blind Forest. Still don't know why it's called the Blind Forest, but a lovely game that made me cry within the first like 30 seconds. Yeah, they're on some up shit for sure. 
Oh my god. Uh, yeah, so Ori, uh, if you haven't played it, is a 2D Metroidvania-style game uh, with like a hand-painted look to it. You're a little white creature dude uh, that kind of looks like an alien. Kind of looks like Stitch. Um, and, uh, you know, some bad shit happens in your forest, and uh, you have to go sort of fix the problem. It's It just, of all the games I played this year, nailed every single facet of what it was trying to do so expertly well without without overly aping like any right. other thing i felt like. right because you say metro you, like you say metroidvania and that like that's got connotations up in my brain yeah um, i mean it, it is definitely that like there's no question that it's gear you know you're getting this upgrade now you can access this area etc but the way they do upgrades uh just a very simple example so like ordinarily like you'd get like a simple double jump and that exists in this game too but there's a there's an upgrade you can get where you can like launch yourself off projectiles and that's something that i've like never ever seen in this sort of game before and it totally like makes you rethink how you approach circumstances and like you know like a bullet hell sequence where you can like use each bullet that's being fired at you as like a a trampoline to get you to another area um the way to handle saving too is really smart Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Really interesting. It's like uh, you're spending checkpoints. How did, what did the system... How, I don't remember how it works. You know, I forget, but I remember playing it and going, hey, this save system's really cool. <laughs> it was basically an, an item that you would get uh, that you had to refill uh, by collecting like enough orbs to do it. Right. And yeah. you could like generate a save point basically wherever you wanted to. Right, exactly. So that was, I mean, that's a really neat thing because generally in these games you would go back all the way to the area where they decided, oh, there should be a save here. Yeah, Uh, it was really cool. And it was like one of many, many, many things that you could level up. So like in addition to like the upgrades that you find in the world, you can level up um, and like increase your attack power or increase your health bar or increase like how often you can make those checkpoints there's like i I actually found that really interesting because it's sort of a supplement to the mechanical upgrades of like well you need the double jump to move on obviously Mm -hmm. but it's a really hard game like it's genuinely very very difficult um both in terms of like combat and and platforming and so you also have to like figure out how you best want to uh outfit yourself to just like fucking survive um which is yeah it's a it's a it's a neat system it's like a nice sort of rpg hybrid idea yeah, Russ, the, I have a question. The difficulty for you. is actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I, am curious if you or or any of you played the new Tomb Raider. I did. And it's weirdly connected here, um, only because I feel like that was the other big Metroidvania of the year that did a really good job. And it's interesting to me that I'm, I'm feeling like more people played Ori than played Tomb Raider. Well, yeah, because it was crazy a, to me. Well, it. The, First of all, it, came, it just ever. came out. Sure. What? No, it came. It the came out same at, day as Fallout. November. Well, still, <laughs> uh, I played yeah, a little I, bit of it, but that's the. Uh, I mean, same deal with me, which is to say, like the timing of it. I, I liked what I played. I thought it was really good, um, but you know, it, it didn't come out at or it came out at a time that was like completely bereft of competition, and I absolutely adored it. It had um, a, it had expertly like you mentioned it being difficult, but it's like. It is expertly done difficulty. I mean, like, yeah. and it, it doesn't it feel unfair. It, it doesn't feel unfair, but you get in these sequences that are, you are just hanging by the wire's edge. I mean, you are barely hanging on. And when you actually finish them, uh, especially in like some of the escapes 
after you beat a boss and you and you finish them, like you really do feel like God, I I Some, should have not made that. A lot yeah. of that shit reminded me of like the old um Heart of Darkness and uh Eric like the Eric Chahi games, where it's just like these moments of like incredible danger that you just repeat over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um but to have that like really innovative save system like in addition to to that idea was yeah, it was really good. I didn't finish well, Ori they, in the Blind Forest, but I I I very much want to. It, they also did boss fights in a really cool way in the sense that they weren't they were more like platforming challenges, kind of yeah. like those Rayman levels that were really hard, but thanks to, you know, the design of them, but also the score, I think made a big impact on like how epic and like intense it felt. Um and yeah, finishing them, you'd get this like amazing moment where you like burst through the clouds or whatever and have this like epic satisfaction of like a breath of relief it's just like so so well designed and and i absolutely loved it i don't i don't know how many people played it but i hope a bunch did cool next game bring it do it do the thing who was oh yeah um okay (laughs) and it seems like uh half the games we're going to talk about are going to be things that uh we have as much bad things to say as good (laughs) Um, Don't be so negative, man. My my next game is Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain, which I have very little bad to say outside of its very outdated uh, gender politics. (laughs) Um, But but I I've played most, if not all, Metal Gear games. I haven't finished all, Um, and I've enjoyed them. I really enjoyed Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. I went back and tried to play that before uh, Phantom Pain came out, and boy, did that not go well. That that was not fun. Were you playing on 3DS? That explains it. I was playing on Vita. Um, But no, just the, again, the traversal system, uh, that old school style of getting around the world and loading screens between each uh, venue is not a pleasure. Uh, But it did make me appreciate the Phantom Pain all the more, because... This was the first game of this kind. I mean, one, stealth open world, it turns out, is a great idea. But two, um, it felt like I was actually in a large open space versus something like Far Cry where it feels like an open space with like a series of tiny camps that I go to and like, I'm, I'm sneaking into them, but I'm I, I, never from more than like 50 yards away. Well, I felt like I was doing things in this game where I was scouting out plans to break into a compound that felt actually to scale, like one-to-one scale, not to uh, video game scale. And uh, there's a mission that comes, and I don't think this is a spoiler, because how do you spoil a Metal Gear game? Oh, um, I can do it pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what, give, give, give Konami 18 months and they will show you. <laughs> no, no. Um, God. But there is a mission uh, when, uh, I guess, probably a third of the way through the game, you go to, uh, again, and this is where they have some issues, generic African nation. I don't know if they actually ever say where it is. Uh, and you, you bust up like a, a oil tanker facility or something. But the amount of land that I covered to break in and plant explosives and the distance at which I was when I finally let like hell break loose without people knowing I was ever even there. And to be able to see all that happening in the distance, 
it just felt huge. Yeah. Like I felt like I was in a world and, and that, that alone was pretty awesome. And there's all the other stuff, which there, we'll get to. The best thing I've heard about it and like the most accurate sort of description of, of what I liked about it actually was uh, uh, Rocco from Mega 64 during the video game awards. It was like they were doing a talking head segment and he referred to it as a metal gear amusement park. And I think that's yeah. like perfect because it, it is like, it's so big, but unlike so many other open world games that I that I feel like dropped the ball on this aspect, each little container, each little like uh, station that you had to take over and each little, you know, even to like a super micro scale of just like a little guard outpost that just has a couple people in it and a guy in a watchtower all the way up to like, like you said, like that big oil facility. Um, it feels like a Metal Gear game. Like each one feels like a little self-contained mission in a, a, a Metal Gear game. Like the the oil facility is a really good example of that's big shell. Like that's like yeah, that's like requiring you to to do espionage in a very like Metal Gear way. Um, and it was enough to make like each sort of uh, e- each mission feel different in a way because you can't approach the little guard facility, the little guard shack, and the big oil facility in the same way. Like, you have to have a different approach. And that stands in stark contrast to uh, Just Cause 3, where it's just like you, your your bag of tricks works the same no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't mean to just call out Just Cause 3, because I think many, many, many open-world games fall into that trap. Um, and Metal Gear, I, I feel like, avoids it in some really, really smart ways. Because you, you have to avoid it, or else you're fucking dead. I have to make an yeah. embarrassing uh, confession that I uh, I really really was enjoying Metal Gear, um, and then Destiny: Taken King came out, and I kind of yeah uh, lost I the plot. It was so it was so dense, and I just don't know that I'll be able to go back to Metal Gear at this point. I got to the first set of credits, and then Destiny came out, so I feel somewhat accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I do kind of agree with Justin a little bit there in that. Um, it was maybe a little bit too dense. Like the, the there's a ridiculous number of main story missions in the game, uh, like a lot. Uh, and then on top of that, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these side missions. And my, my biggest complaint for, for Metal Gear is entirely um, like systemic. Like the, the having to go back to your mother base between side missions um, or to like cash out or it's, it's hard to describe because you don't have to do it. Um, it just takes, a, sometimes it takes a very long time to move between side missions. It does have a fast travel system, but it is the most preposterous fast travel system. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know possibly. about it until about 40 hours in. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so like it, it is clumsy getting between the different stuff, which I think is maybe the only thing that just cause three does a little bit better. Cause you can't you know fly between <laughs> shit. I need to stop comparing those games because they're completely different. But I, it, it felt like it was always a little bit harder than it needed to be moving between those different uh, missions and the different like the, the, the hundreds of things that the game has for you to do uh, are all fun and unique and stuff. But just like actually getting to them, I felt like was t- it took like twice as long as it, it should yeah. have taken. There, there's least, one other thing that I want to yeah. praise uh, about the game, too. I I did not buy into the kojima as a brilliant storyteller storyteller or i guess metaphorical mind of uh the video games uh until until this game and i think i really understood how to read um his work i guess 
I, I think I always want it to be like, uh, this is going to be a really bad metaphor, so bear with me. But like like a polished uh, final line drawing, like like it was pen and you, and you could see what it was like trying to go for. And everything playing through Metal Gear 5 feels more like a sketch. Like, like he's just kind of like, there, there is, it's about language and it's about how language can be tied to the awful things we do in the game itself. How you get through the game is about learning languages and silencing people. It's like, I, I get why, uh, game journalists have had a field day covering Metal Gear games for so long because it, it basically leaves enough, uh, enough vagueness and kind of slots for you to fill in whatever you want it to mean uh, while giving you, like, the kernel of a good idea. Uh, and, and, it, and it's a game that essentially allows you to, like, wax eloquent and sound intelligent without actually ever, I think, saying anything definitively enough that it pushes anyone in particular away. Except sort of a general feeling that war is probably bad. Right. Yeah. And then, or yeah. bad. No good. No good, that war. <laughs> that's my favorite that's my favorite line from the game is when had it's like having david hater here with us but well. not david hater but uh, i thought it was i thought his character when david hater did show up and replace keeper sutherland like we all knew what happened <laughs> right. i didn't finish it but i'm assuming that happens later and i thought it was a great moment there's a high five moment my favorite my actually my favorite moment from metal gear solid 5 is when jeff Keeley dropped that fucking atomic heat bomb on konami Live during the video game awards. Okay, I was excited by that in the moment as well. Um, if you didn't watch the the awards, he uh, he had asked uh, Kojima to be there to accept wait, what is it, like creator of the year award or something like that. Oh, it was just the award. I feel like some award from Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, sports um, sports game of the year. Uh, <laughs> and Konami basically like legally had him bound so he couldn't come to represent the game at award shows or whatever. And Healy Keely like put the heat to him and like as well he should have and it was pretty great and you don't see a lot of it um in in video game journalism like period but it was there is certainly like is they're probably not going to make a lot more video games i mean like it it is not like there is not a big working relationship here that keely is sacrificing no but not taking away from what he did it was baller but like it is very rare to find a company that is like still a big target like that but like Really, it's a safe. It's a pretty but, safe play. But this uh, shit that, but but the thing that he called them out for is the reason why they're not gonna make more video. Like that fucking idiot decision making uh, ability that they have showcased throughout this past year is exactly why they're not going to be a big target. Like I, I have no sympathy for that. Well, and they don't. I, the impression I get is that they don't care because yeah. they're just gonna make mobile games that make a ton of money, and they don't care what the hardcore game. And that's it. Like. That is an invincible like industry that is going right. that is going absolutely nowhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking um, idiots do you remember when they were making a fucking game with guillermo del toro do you remember when they were making a new silent hill game with guillermo del toro no i and don't they remember fucking that open that up part their... of my brain was deleted yeah God. i i uh <laughs> i i think there's a lot of bad ideas and bad uh decision makers over there i i also would not be in a rush to uh defend a guillermo del toro video game project uh knowing how those have gone in the past 
Oh, what was there? One other one that yeah. was bad. You mean just the one? Insane. I, the clown? Yeah. Well, there's been two. The one thing that evolved and couldn't get pur- purchased anywhere. And mm, I, 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 I don't think we should ever be in a rush to defend things that we do not know what sort of disasters might have been lurking. At the very least, we can defend defend the PT demo. Yeah, PT was baller as hell. Fucking great. exist. That's true. Yeah, and then they, they ate it. They ate it. They opened their their maw. And, they are the and nothing from consigned it to story. oblivion. Those fucks. There's no reason for that. Those fucking yeah. assholes. Uh, yeah. Fuck on. those guys. Who, fuck who, those guys for real. If you were, <laughs> if you're the president of Konami and you're listening to me right now, fuck your brain. You're bad at making decisions. Bad call, idiot. <laughs> but your vacuum uh, retailer and your real estate companies are great. So that was one of the best work. fucking Love things. That was one of the best fucking things. It was a free download that everybody played and loved. And you're like, nah, nah fuck this. Idiot. No reason for that. You fucking idiot. Just because it had Kojima's name at the end of it? Why did you do that, you fucking moron? Maybe he's trying to cover up the fact that he gave Kojima millions of dollars to make a free thing for another thing that they're not making. <laughs> well, whose fault is that? Is like cruising, his boss is like cruising PSN, like, what's his PT? <laughs> ah, shit, delete it, delete it before he sees what we did. Well, fuck that guy's brain, too. Fuck that guy's baby brain, idiot. Use it for a second and think about what you're doing. Hey, you know what? Everybody likes pizza. Pizza Hut's just like, fuck pizza, done, delete pizza recipe from the <laughs> database archives forever. <laughs> Idiots. Hey, hey, guys, check this out. Check out this idea. Like, just conceptualize this for a second. Pizza. Mm. Whoa. Um, Who's next? Me. Who's next? (laughs) I want to talk about my number two game of the year. Hit it. Uh, And it is Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Uh, I just replayed Bloodborne um, to do that DLC. I know that there's some sour grapes in this podcast. (laughs) Re, the Bloodborne DLC, which I, I feel um absolutely uh but we can talk about that in a bit because the game itself bloodborne is in my opinion the best game from software which is probably my favorite game developer right now um has ever made best game they've ever made in terms of like uh pacing and in terms of difficulty and in terms of mechanics and in terms of like completely inscrutable narrative and tone that if you take the time to unravel it is like the richest, most yeah. baller like Lovecraft shit that has maybe ever been in a game. It does. It does. Feel, it's the first time. So I played. I've played Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two. It does feel the first time like I actually cared enough to be like, "What's with these space babies?" Right. That seems weird. Well, that's yes. <laughs> it, it because in the Souls games, like there's there's narrative there, but it's like deep, oh, deep fantasy. Do, I do not care. There's a yeah. fucking dragon. He lives in the earth. There's well, a crystal a, of evil. A lot of it is like based on characters. Like you have to give a shit about yeah. like the great witch of Eats or whatever. Right. Um, and in this, like they very smartly moved away from that and more to like ideas. And like, the world itself. Right. Because you think you understand the game. Like that they, they show you just enough and it's enough of it is familiar enough that it's like, oh, there's werewolves and there's like tainted blood. And if your blood gets tainted, you turn to a werewolf and there's hunters that hunt those werewolves down. And there's a church that uses that blood to heal people. Like you get enough of that from the storyline and then all of a sudden aliens show up and you're like well fuck (laughs) okay i guess it's time to like dig in into that like there are layers upon layers upon layers of of, of these like arcane secrets that like man i loved unraveling that shit somebody put like a 120 page document like that goes into a deep dive of every layer in the game and i read that shit it's a novella and i read that shit and i man it's been forever since i've gotten that deep into the the lore of a game yeah before. there's a few really good youtube uh, recaps like 20 minute long like b 
beat by beat. What is this thing? What's going on here? That right. are, if you're interested, definitely worth watching. So, so like, I love Dark Souls, and I love Dark Souls 2 and all the, the DLC for those games, and I love those games despite not really giving a shit about the narrative. Bloodborne does all of the stuff that I loved about those games, but also has, like, this, this uh, for lack of a better term, like, addicting narrative that that is just waiting for you to unspool. Uh, and, and, and I feel like a lot of that stuff actually gets even richer in the DLC because the DLC adds like five new layers that are even crazier than the craziest layers that are in the, the vanilla game. Um, but, but a, a narrative aside, like just playing the game is super fun. The, the yeah. trick weapon system is really cool. It has some of the best character designs and absolute like best boss designs. The bosses for the first time feel like, impossible they feel like impossible but also totally fair in a way that like dark souls bosses haven't really mm, felt before there are a few. the first boss in the game is like a total dickwad that requires you to know like oh don't trust the camera system in this game like, um i actually beat wait, him without do- the cleric the, beast the card um, beast uh yeah if you lock on you have a harder time doing that but i didn't know that but i still you know still managed to to get through it okay i think it was actually very smartly it sort of keeps you from the level up system the beginning of bloodborne is so fucking hard i remember when i first was playing it for like video stuff because i did video guides on every boss in the game which was boy howdy a fun week and a half um <laughs> but but the game starts out you can't level up and you're in a town that has like a billion people in it and there's no way to like trick your way through the game like i was waiting for that resident evil 4 moment of just like right. oh you have to like go into the right building and it triggers a cutscene where just everybody leaves just because there's to... vaguely european people with pitchforks doesn't mean it's your resident evil 4 well p- people with pitchforks all celebrating around a giant bonfire with corpse <laughs> on it like there's actually very and bells ringing to like some yeah yeah there's there's a lot of crossover there but you can't level up so if you die at that part fuck you get better keep to keep doing it and then very like eventually you get to the point where you can do the usual soul stuff of just like oh, well i need to grind for a while because obviously i'm not ready for this or i've missed some weapons or i need to like level up my my stuff in order to to make progress um but it, it handles all that stuff in such smart measures uh where like i actually never did feel like in dark souls there was like a point where i was just like well i have to stop going after bosses for like a dozen hours and just like level up and and find the weapons I need and like find the ways to upgrade them, um, and and Bloodborne I never really felt that way. I just felt like I I need to get better at that. For me, the the main sticking point was the Blood Starved Beast, which is like maybe the third or f- fourth boss that you have to fight in the uh, game. The Poison Dude, yeah, yeah, he's really hard. Like he's very yeah. very 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 difficult. Um, but man, like it 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 delivers that soul's idea of just like fucking climbing that mountain. And then once you get to the top of it, you are the king shit of fuck mountain of video games forever. Uh, and the, it has more of those moments than any Souls game has ever given me before. It's gorgeous, too. Absolutely. It's really, really pretty. Um, Justin, you want to have anything to say about it? Because I know that your your opinion of it is a bit soured because of how they handled the DLC It was stuff. super soured. I I really like Bloodborne a lot. And, I, and I'm with you. I thought it was the most... It was weirdly, like, in many ways, the the most sort of accessible like yeah if you have sure. not played one of those games before that that would be the one i would tell you about uh tell you to, to start with actually um uh, but i think dark souls 2 actually kind of started that trend um i just thought that the that was, was an easy game for babies uh, uh, <laughs> uh, right exactly i liked um, it a lot but i just thought it was a i thought the way you access the dlc and and not just the way you access the dlc because a lot of people got hung up okay a lot of people got hung up by the fact that, like, I thought it was a crazy way of accessing the DLC. Um, 
You're talking about mechanically how you act. Like you have to get how an you item and then access yeah. the DLC. Um, I, and I honestly, that didn't bother me. Like that was very Bloodborne. It was very Souls. Like it was a very Souls way of doing it. The thing that bothered me about it was that because when you beat the game, you are forced into a new game plus playthrough. Um, so when you want to play the DLC that you got, you have the option of either a playing through to the to on on the new game plus difficulty, which I did not want to do. Um, and then playing the uh, uh, the DLC like on the new game plus difficulty, playing the harder version of the DLC rather of than, some of the hardest con. The, yeah. It's the harder version of the hardest content in Bloodborne so far. Or starting a new game, and which is what I did. Starting a new game and like playing through like I would say a considerable chunk of the game to get to the level you need to be at to be able to play that DLC, right? Yeah, you can't access the DLC until you beat Vicar Amelia, who's, I think, the fourth boss in the game. Oh, uh, but I even that boss. Even then, you're going to be way low level. I was a, On my second playthrough, I was about level 30 when I beat Vicar Amelia. Uh, in order to even have a fighting chance at the DLC, you got to be 60, and then the final boss of the DLC is the hardest, maybe the hardest boss I've ever played in a Souls game. It took me close to six or seven hours oh my of God. attempts to try and beat him. Um, but once I did, again, it's the most exhilarating feeling just, I felt playing video game. Just that shit in the beginning. It's just not fair. Like, like, let me just play with my character at the difficulty the, where the, I was playing the, at. The new game plus stuff is is very bad because it's the first. I think it's the first time where. Well, actually, I don't know how they handled it in Dark Souls One. In Dark Souls Two, after you beat the final boss, you I think you have the option to start a new game plus thing. Um, I think that's right. Uh, in, in, in Bloodborne, when you beat the game, it's like, well, okay, you're done. Move on to the next thing, which actually was a bummer for me because I didn't do any of the Chalice Dungeons my oh, first yeah. time through playing Bloodborne. And then when it started the New Game Plus, I was like, well, shit. Like, I don't want to do this stuff on New Game Plus. I wanted to do it at the regular difficulty. And if it sounds like we're being babies, like, it, it does ramp things up pretty considerably every time you get move up a plus. I should um, also mention, for what it's worth, the Chalice Dungeons don't get harder in New Game Plus. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, um, but, and moreover, though, like uh, this is the other thing about it. Like we, uh, um, like we have to play a lot of games for our jobs. Like I can't. I love everybody, and I wish that I had the time to like sink, uh, you know, hours upon hours into like perfecting my soul skills. But like you hear what we're doing on the show, like we have to play a lot, a lot, a lot of video games, and those skills aren't necessarily like transferable <laughs> game to game. Like I yeah. wish that I could just spend time grinding my bloodborne skills but like I, I can't i have a lot of games i have to be uh, somewhat knowledgeable about i i will say on a replay of bloodborne um the the best thing about bloodborne is the best thing about all souls games which is like you get to a new area and you just get fucked for like an hour and a half yeah. by these different guys that want to just like tear your shit apart and then by the time you develop the skills to beat them or when you come back to those areas after you've leveled up 80 times and you just like hulkamania you're runs wild god yeah and you're just like hey remember when you fucked me cool 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 cool. <laughs> check this out oh cool you have a torch and a little rag Doosh. <laughs> yeah on a, on a second playthrough because you know what's up you kind of get that the whole way through and my second playthrough of bloodborne lasted like no joke half as long yeah uh, I, I i finished nearly every boss my first time through because once you know the trick and once you like and again this is a game i beat in february and i replayed in december and i still remembered all that stuff like i feel like that's kind of a testament to how like memorable the 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 bloodborne experience as a whole was yeah that was like 20 minutes i apologize we should we should yeah, yeah. we should let's, definitely let's move do on the last uh, uh number two that's mine and it is batman arkham asylum 
which, if you're talking about traditional video games, I think is the best one of the year. Let me uh, let me ask you something before we dive deep into it. Okay. Do you did you like Batman Arkham Asylum? I'm sorry, Batman Arkham. What is it called? Night. City? Wait, no, you you dummy. You put you said Batman Arkham Asylum. That's not yeah, even the name Arkham of the Knight, thing, right? What are you talking about? Batman you're Arkham Knight is the game that's out. Batman Arkham Asylum came out fucking nine <laughs> years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. Okay. You know whatever fucking Arkham game they're making now. Batman. Yeah. Arkham. The newest. <laughs> the best traditional I'm, I'm video in, game of the year. This one. <laughs> I remember the name. I'm of. I'm in my twilight years. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the one with the pointed ears. Batman Arkham Knight, I guess. Okay, so Arkham it? Knight. Is that what um, it is? Okay, yes. Yeah. Did you like Batman Arkham Knight more than the previous Batman Arkham City game? You know, I... I Well, okay. So the previous one directly was previous bad. to this was, was Origins, and it was garbage. I'm sorry. Ignoring that one, I've removed it from my brain. Uh, Yeah, I, I actually like this much, much more than City. Interesting. Um, because I thought... I, yeah, I liked... I, City. I liked Asylum. I liked the first one better than City. Much, much, much more. I thought uh, I thought, City I thought was the locomotion overfall. in City was sort of a stopgap, um, and I thought that the 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 big advantage for and I thought that they really perfected it in this one with the combination of that and the Batmobile, um, and and the like the improved gliding and what have you. I thought the real advantage of this one versus the other two, um, and 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 you can kind of say this about Asylum. Um, is that the storytelling in this game is really, especially for this sort of game, is really excellent. I totally, and, totally disagree, and that's interesting. Like, because, okay, well, I, yeah. I think ahead. that it really gets down to some of the core stuff about, um, like, Batman and the Joker and, like, what the two of them actually represent to each other. And the the way that Batman, uh, quote, unquote, defeats the Joker in this game is amazing is, is the yeah, most it's, sad it's, it's like it's the most cool. savage way that like batman has ever taken down the joker it is like literally <laughs> it was freaking me the fuck out i'll be honest like it's really really man brutal. i forgot about that it right it's like the great like wow man. batman you were really taking this like embodiment of fear basically like if you want to know what like Batman basically, I guess we're already kind of in spoiler territory because you don't know the Joker's in it until, but anyway, the, the, the Batman, uh, forces the Joker to face his own mortality <laughs> and like takes the Joker through the use of fear gas to like his own funeral and no one's there. And then he's in his own crypt. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Damn, Batman. Can I just, yeah. he's just dressed like a brat. Can like, I just, like, episode of intervention. Super quick, like side discussion. That should have been the end of the fucking game. Because yes, I, for, I forgot about that because of how much shit I had to do afterwards trying to get the dumb Nightfall oh, I, bullshit afterwards. I'm obsessed that was such with a, that was such a nightmare. And I just didn't. That that ending case. was so great. In the game there, I, yeah. I really wish that the, the extra, like, you have to do all the garbage in order to see the good stuff. Why don't you just watch there. it on YouTube? Yeah, that's a good point. All right. It anyway, Justin, I'm sorry. Yeah, anyway, uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff like that throughout the game with, like, um, I love how you would turn your turn your head and the joker would just sort of like appear out of nowhere yeah um, it was a very all the all the skills were at their best i love like the the way that they've brought out like a bunch of characters in some ways that are very like b villains you don't see a lot in ways that are genuinely like very very creepy um there's a side mission uh where you're examining these corpses that have been laid across the city and trying to figure out who is leaving them there and where they're coming from and like trying to track that down and who they end up like where it where it ends up is like really 
all, really but that's all that's every stuff. that's every side mission all the side missions in the game yeah. i was doing them not because they're particularly fun because like finding those corpses and then like using your dumb scanner on them it wasn't fun but like narratively speaking it was dope as hell and that was true of like all of them the man bat stuff the, the yeah like all of that was was it was less mechanics and less like upgrades um yeah and and more just like i wanted to know who was behind this stuff but you, that's you like about magic circle and that idea of wasting time that i i really like this game at the same time i was constantly sensing that my time was not being put to the best possible use yeah totally. um, also uh, not connected to that but man I, I think i would love this game a thousand times more one if it ran on my pc uh from the beginning <laughs> but two uh the art style i just no, I, I mean, i've never been a big fan everybody hates the asylum art style but but man in this game it is ugh. i mean it, it it's just it, it somehow looks like what every unreal game looked like uh in the at the beginning like of the 360 with gears of war where it's just like well everything's just made of pure meat we found a we found all these stacks of raw meat <laughs> we wrapped some skin we found around it yeah. and then we painted it funny colors and like over sexualized it uh welcome uh it, it's just man is it off-putting um i'm 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 not kidding about the point i made earlier justin and we've talked about this um, when we submitted our top 10 votes for, for Polygon, Batman was like my number 10 vote. It was like the bottom of the, of the votes, which I guess is still something because there were a lot of stuff that didn't make the cut. But like when, when, when you were reviewing this game and you showed it to me and you were like, this is the most incredible game of the year. This is going to be a game of the year. And I watched and I was like, yes, yes, I agree. This is absolutely going to be game of the year. I think this, and it happened to a lot of games for me this year, but this one, most of all, it, that shit just done fell off. And I think it was partially because it, uh, you know, came out before a lot of the games that I am also, I also really, really enjoyed. But I also think that I like maybe two thirds of the game I spent playing it normally until I got to the end of the story. And then I spent another third just like trying to do the, the, all of the side missions and just like gorge myself on the things that I guess I should have been doing throughout the game all along. Although that would have like altered the pace that I enjoyed playing the game at originally just to see like the good ending. And it kind of, it kind of took some of the wind out of my sails. A little I think bit. that's yeah. completely fair. It was a There's stupid, just a lot of fat, just stupid uh, thing at, at, at the end. Really. Cause I've never felt compelled to do that stuff in a, in a, in an Arkham game before. Oh, um, but you like the story of this. You like right. I liked. I liked see the, how it wraps up. Right. I wanted to treat it like I was treating all of the other side quests for the game, which is like I gotta find out. Like I gotta find out who's leaving these bodies everywhere. I felt like in order to to get the good stuff, like in order to like wrap up the story of this game that I that I had really enjoyed the story of, I had to do like a bunch of shit I didn't want to do. Yeah. yeah, I think it's completely legit. Um, let's 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 pick. That's all yeah. four of this, right? Uh, yeah, and I gotta say, I think for me, uh, I gotta go Bloodborne. Yeah. Plant. Yeah, I, I I'm torn between that and Metal Gear, but I could I can I could go Bloodborne. I don't feel okay. bad about that. I am I am voted out. What, what, what were you, you going to say? Uh, I'd probably say Metal Gear, but Bloodborne oh, is uh, yeah. cool too. They're both so good. And I love Ori as well, but uh, but I, I really like Bloodborne as well, so I, yeah. I don't feel bad about pushing that forward. Griffin's running the table, right? Now. I am. 
Well, don't worry. I think that's going to come to a complete <laughs> stop in round one. I need to start doing my fucking zen deep breathing exercises for yeah, talking about my number one game with you two chuckle fucks. Just, just travel back in time to when I tried to argue about Destiny and you guys made the <laughs> Or when you tried to argue about Towerfall or... Yeah, yeah. Towerfall, we exactly. All, we all have a number one game like my number <laughs> one game, but I guess let's stick with the order we got. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my number one game is Downwell. Uh, Downwell is a mobile game. It's also on Steam, but I played it predominantly on my iPhone. It is, uh, without a doubt, the best action game I've ever played on a mobile device. And it's just like super, super, really, really effing well designed. Uh, it's uh, roguelike in the sense that it's randomly generated somewhat. But, uh, you know, you're, you're falling down this well, this seemingly infinitely deep well, and encountering enemies and killing them using gun boots and a variety of upgrades. And it's, it's very much the spirit of learning how enemies react and learning how each of the environments are and what the upgrades are and what you should be taking at a given time. It's like very core to what a roguelike is, but super refined in the way that games like uh, Nuclear Throne like have like down moments or even like Spelunky, which is absolutely one of my favorite games of all time. Um, this feels like a very... Um, na- um, focused take on like Spelunky. I would say I would say condensed like the the loop that Spelunky goes for it cuts literally like every spare moment that Spelunky spends not doing the good Spelunky stuff and it yeah. just removes that shit altogether yeah. and I think the result is a game that feels smaller uh in, in scale but man that oh, loop so is on point it's so tight I've dropped so much time playing this game and I I, I, I I've been playing it probably for I guess the last two or three months and I just beat it the other day after probably hundreds and hundreds of runs. And I play on the subway and I... Wait, on normal you know, or hard mode? On normal. Oh my gosh, planet. this is the rare game that I, I crushed you in. Why have you beaten <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I beat mode? it in like two weeks. Uh, okay, I, well, I, have, yes. I have very strong feelings about the ending of this game. I, I agree I, with you. I think you. it's fantastic. The, the boss is... Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, it is bo- very bad. <laughs> sorry, is, I, I, sorry. I thought you meant the end, end, but yeah, I, the, the boss the end has end some the game. issues. Yes. The, 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 this is. Uh, I, I agree with the, I, the idea that it's some, like a very slim down spelunky. It's just the action. Uh, it's learning how to manage health, and uh, there, are, there's a thing called charge, which is basically how many bullets you can fire before uh, you hit the ground. I think what is interesting about the mobile version is it favors a certain style of play that is a floatier, that is really using the gun boots and controlling your fall. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't allow for a lot of precision. And that's okay. The, the four main kind of worlds work very well with that. The final stage uh, is a bit more of a bullet hell that requires not just managing what's coming uh up you know from the from the ground but what is uh i guess falling down towards you uh and and it just doesn't work uh it it becomes a twitch game instead of kind of i guess a patience game almost and and once that happens your fingers cannot find their place uh and and every pixel counts and and i just found it to be really unenjoyable and and the way i ended up beating it was just by like basically becoming an overpowered god and holding down fire uh and and i mean 
hoping for the best. Uh, and once you start playing hard mode, it, this is especially evident that it doesn't work quite as well on mobile. But that's like a weird thing where I was talking to Tom Connors, our, our video guy, about this, where when I was kind of batting my head against the final boss, it felt like the, the game I had spent the most time playing in my life that I was very reluctant to actually recommend to people. Yeah. Because once you do get to the boss and you do start batting your head against it, it's so it's so maddening because you, you've learned how to be good at this game and it doesn't feel fair anymore, but you've dedicated so much time that you you have right. to beat it. You and the and you and the game have sucks. you and you and the game have an agreement that if you learn how to be better at it, you will progress. And there's yeah. like a there's a that that there's a mountain that you have to climb, and then if you get better at it, you're gonna move further in the game. And then to have like after doing that for so long, you start to like want that ending, and to have it like to have that agreement kind of broken on the game's end is is kind of a it's bummer. My I, I still... interpretation of the ending, and I, I agree with everything that's been said, is it's similar to FTL in the sense that like the the final boss of FTL. Uh, is less about the actual mechanics of it and more have you built your character appropriately enough to beat this boss and the one time that i beat downwell was i you know was hitting every combo and picking up the right pickups and buying the right things and my reward for that was i was so overpowered that i was able to just eke by and beat it uh, i agree with you it's not it doesn't feel in the way that like ori the boss those boss challenges and platforming things feel so ingrained in like the core of the gameplay this feels very separate from that or even spelunky what what's enjoyable about spelunky is that you it does allow you to play many types of ways and i felt like what i ended up learning playing down and again this is local to mobile i think it controls much better on pc with a, a traditional controller but on mobile i found that i had to play a very specific way and what felt like options was actually learning a very specific build um, that I could use to essentially get past the ending. I, I'm, sure. I'm curious to hear, Russ, because you picked this as your number one. Is this really your favorite game of the year, or is it like just the game that you want to like kind of champion the most? No, I'm, I mean, it's the game that I've had the most... I, from a minute-to-minute standpoint, the game that I've had the most fun playing. So, like, Taken King obviously has a lot of dips, Ori has some mostly excellent, but it's definitely up there. Ori and Downwell are probably pretty comparable in terms of my favorite games. But I just like every time I was playing Downwell, there's that moment when you like have a big run and then you lose and you start from the beginning and it's like disheartening. Like I didn't feel that with Downwell in the sense that like I just enjoyed the minute to minute because it was so well refined and great. So I agree about the issues with the, um, the boss fight and everything like that. But Fuck man, I just like. I didn't can't mean to. I didn't, I didn't mean to sound judgmental. Like you know. No, it sounded conspiratorial. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't mean to sound conspiratorial. If anything, you my number one game this is this indie game. No, no. Although else. I think this is going to be the like. Is it going to be like an indie round? Just like looking at the games that we're talking about. I think that's. I don't know. I think that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm. Did you? So you gave up on playing it on mobile, Chris, and you went to PC? No, I. I, I beat it on on mobile. Uh, okay. And I do want to say it also I does a really good job. Of uh, tr- making something that is actually, I think, easier feel more badass. When you get to the fourth stage, you're basically in free fall, um, but you're also getting your weapon reloaded almost constantly. So it, it looks 
like like you're like wow i've i've really mastered this game i'm 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 at the toughest area but in reality like I never lost life in the, in this final stage. Like, well, that it, I think it is that designed is to desi- make you feel so badass, and, and, and also that was, to prep you for the final boss. For the final like boss, it's yeah. a way but to like level. That, you that up was for the final that boss. was such a cool idea, and and again, this is similar to Splunky. The hardest part of this game is actually the second world, uh, and then it kind of gets I think easier, but feels more badass. So and I, I, I love that build. Yeah. Um. Cool. Next. Next thing our plan. Okay. Next. Uh, my next game is Rocket League. Yeah. Uh, this would have been my on my list one. had Plant not picked it. Yeah. So and for what that's worth, I I think, man, talk about a game that just arrived right place, right time. Uh, on top of being absolutely excellent. Uh, Did you play all acrobatic supersonic bullshit? 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 The the the, the old one. one that was on like PS two or three or Rocket Power Battle Cars yeah I the game the, I did not I did not play the price I saw videos of that one before did anybody play that game like I, I feel like I, I agree with you so. Rocket League actually nobody played it Rocket League owns bones I'm just amazed at how like it came out of nowhere despite the fact that it had a predecessor yeah that was very rough well, uh, Street very Fighter rough. two was the second Street Fighter ah oh, that's so true that's, that's a really so good point a lot of people don't know that that's heavy um <laughs> but. This game, it just it it does so much well. I, I one, it's just fun. Like, okay, great soccer with cars. Uh, great, you, you've you've already won me over, and and it feels excellent. It looks beautiful. But two, that it was this like free game on PSN, and Sony has been you know like giving these free indie games uh, away as PS Plus for a long time, and it felt like something like this was bound to strike. Like one of those investments was going to pay off big. Uh, and it definitely happened, and that gave it such a huge player base, uh, and people I think were so eager to advocate for it because it was free, so it felt even more like an underdog. But what I really, 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 really dig about this game is I finally got esports. Um, it finally felt like an esport that I could watch uh, and enjoy from the beginning and also watch other people who are good at it and learn how to do those things. Uh, yes. Even fighting games, I kind of generally understand what's going on, but I never really feel like I can like walk away from watching it and be better. Shooters, uh, same way, and anything like LOL or Dota, I'm just totally out of it. Sure. But it, because it is familiar, because it's soccer, because people know how to film soccer, essentially, uh, it allowed me to like watch an eSport and be totally engaged in it, it it the difficulty curve of rocket league if you want to call it that I mean, like a skill curve i guess because like you can play it competently having never played it before you just drive your car into the ball and hit it towards the goal but then from there there is a curve that is like almost <sighs> imperceptibly steep and nearly infinitely long and it, it it's it's that's the best thing about it because like plant I, you and i used to play it together <laughs> and we would have our friends come over and play it and like all of us would just be at different points on that curve, and yet the game was still like really, really, really fun. Like you were figuring out how to like to do the shit where you would fly up in the air and kick the game with your ass, and there's or so kick much the ball risk with your ass reward and, with that too. Like that's yeah. why everybody could still play because I would do that, but then I would like. <laughs> crash but but into then, the like you said, you you watch high level Rocket League play, 
and it's like they're playing a whole nother fucking oh, game. It's, it's Pele. It's fucking yeah. And, and, but it's really, down. it's really, it's really cool to watch. But it's cool in a way that like when I watch people play like high level Smash, like I see that and I just go like, well, there's just no way I will ever, ever, yeah. ever do that. But because this this curve is so shallow and so long, like I feel like I could ostensibly get to that point with Rocket League someday. Uh, it's it's really like. It's really inviting in in a way yeah. that, despite the fact that like I watch it and I go like, well, that's still crazy that somebody did that with their car. It still like makes me want to get to that point. Yeah, also, there, all, there's oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it also. There's moments in fighting games or Counter Strike or whatever where there's like a thing you should be doing. So if you're edge guarding in Smash Brothers, you should be using this power at this given time. There's so much analog nature to uh, Rocket League where like you watch these esports competitions and like there's so many branches of possibility at every split second yeah and that's what makes it so interesting and so you really don't know how i mean in the way that like an actual sport is played and there's so many variant variants of like how is this play gonna play out analog is such a good word to describe what's so great about rocket league because in smash like you said like you're 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 uh edge hogging there's like oh you well if you're playing Fox, then Fox has an ability that he uses and you have to use that ability in the yeah. right way, in the right frame in order to do it. But like your cars don't have abilities. They can drive, they can jump, they can like dash, they can boost and break. And so like, there's not like, oh, well, if you're using the ice cream truck, then you can, you know, do the the, the hyper dash or whatever. Like there is none of that. You're all on, on you know, equal footing. Uh, and And so like... You, you you feel like you're, the, the, the matchup is never unfair uh, from a mechanical perspective. You can all do the same shit, uh, which makes it more impressive, I feel like, when you do I, dope shit. I, I, I also just think there were so many opportunities for the creators of this game to uh, cash in uh, or to do the evil thing or to do the cynical thing uh, post-release. And they haven't. If anything... They seem to grok why the game became so popular uh, with the free stuff and have done such an interesting job of continually updating it, rapidly updating it, and giving fans the stuff they want. It, it Like, some of the updates, they're so bizarre. It feels like stuff that, like, you would see kids write to GamePro or EGM back in the day and be like, man, I like Madden, but, like... What if it was on ice? And the balls were yeah. five times as big. And they'd be like, yeah, cool. Thanks. We're going to publish that in our letters to the editor. Uh, and, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, what if we did that? That I bet that would make a lot of people happy. Let's put that in there. Um, I'll tell you my favorite moment, my favorite Rocket League moment was not actually playing it. It was when I went to QuakeCon, uh, which I, it happens in Dallas. And I cover it every year. It's like a big, amazing three-day nonstop land party um and it's just like a cool it's always been a really cool atmosphere to be in because you see people playing land multiplayer matches of games that you forgot existed or games that you didn't even know had land multiplayer modes um this year i'm not joking half of the people half of the like two thousand people that brought their computers to the the byoc room uh we're all playing Rocket League. And just like it had a different energy just being in the room. Um, first of all, because the room is pitch black and freezing cold because there's a billion computers running in it. And, you know, seeing all these bright orange and blue, you know, shapes moving around on nearly everybody's screens was cool. But just like people were just like screaming constantly because that the, the game elicits that from you. Uh, I had no idea the game was going to be a big deal. But seeing like, 
you know, almost a thousand people all playing it in the same room simultaneously. It was really, really cool. Yeah, a big reason why it was so popular was just because of how evidently cool it is just watching it. Like you get yeah. exploding out of the launch of the game. Um, in an instant, you're like, oh, I want to be playing this game. And so few games are that. Like knowing, oh, that was a good shot in Call of Duty or whatever, takes some knowledge of the game. Whereas here, if you know nothing about the game, you're like, oh my God, that was an amazing shot at the last second. Right, sure. Time to move on. Uh, okay, so my number one game of 2015, mm. AD, the year of our Lord, um, is Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. Now listen, <laughs> I know a lot of... Um, <laughs> <clears throat> no, it's, uh, it's Undertale, which is a game that somebody has probably uh, told you to play to like an exasperating degree already. And so I don't want to like lean on that too much even though i definitely did that to russ chris and justin to have a discussion about it and uh probably did them a disservice in that regard but uh it is a uh it is an independent role-playing game with turn-based battles uh in which you don't have to kill anybody in the entirety of the game and and i feel like when i say that I, I, I want to couch all this by saying, like, I was two months late playing Undertale. Like, it was not a game I was looking forward to. It had a Kickstarter campaign. It was in development for a while. Then it came out, and, like, I watched a trailer for it and was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, it's a, some ironic humor layered on top of a, you know, a mechanic where you don't have to kill anybody. But the way that it handles that idea, it makes it unique from any other game that has, like, allowed a, uh, for lack of a better term, like, a pacifist run through the game because it never like it doesn't beat you over the head with the idea that you shouldn't kill anybody like the closest you get is the fact that like the first character you meet runs you through the tutorials of the game and you're never like given a tutorial on how to do combat like how to fight um you're, you're just told like here's a here's a person in this underworld that you have met uh and you should just like be nice to them and talk to them and say what's up um, but you're never explicitly told like, told, like, don't kill anybody ever. Uh, and then it's it's up to you, like, how you want to do it. But I feel like it's very easy to kind of miss the point of Undertale and not get it. Um, because if you start playing it like any other game uh, and you, you treat it like any other sort of role-playing game where it's like, well, here's a boss. And obviously this boss is one of those bosses that, like, you have to beat in order to move on like the second you do that you kind of lose out on what is really magical about undertale which is like sometimes it's really hard not to kill somebody like sometimes it's really you have to go to pretty great lengths not to uh not not to do a fight like you wouldn't any other role-playing game um the the characters are all really really great it has this uh, pervasive humor about it where like nearly every joke lands and is very very charming um and after the first I, 45 minutes well no even in that that first 45 oh. minutes i feel like is it, i know you were not a fan of it but like there's some good goofs in there man like the, the tutorial character like walks you through all of these puzzles and challenges because she decides that it's too hard for you to to try and do on your own like i that that stuff is really like makes this a sort of endearing character and and I, there's there's stuff like that throughout the entire game um but but like i said like i i looking at like how people talk about the game it's either like i said you're an exasperating super fan because the game resonates on with you on such a uh such an emotional level uh or like if you don't get it like 
I feel like there is a a latent hostility that you feel um, because the second that you the second that you like kill somebody, it feels like you've lost the game already, and it doesn't make it super clear that maybe you shouldn't do that because if it did, then it wouldn't feel as special yeah. when you do find the the pacifist solution to a thing. I, yeah, I like the hook of it. Like, I like the idea of it. Um, I, I admittedly, th- I thought the beginning was like really tough for me to get through just cause like there were a couple gags, but for the most part, it like felt like a super, super dry RPG, which granted you could like beat people by like petting them or whatever, but it didn't stand out to me. It admittedly got a lot better once you get past that part and you get to the first town or whatever, um, just in terms of the writing, but it's still, there were definitely things that like kept me from enjoying myself like the randomly generated fights of oh, against people that i've worst. already yeah. fought like i i figured okay. this out i know how to make you happy stop talking to me yeah okay i, I don't that's what i couldn't get past is like from what from everything i've heard is not a lengthy game and i played the first 30 minutes of it and or sorry first hour or so and then restarted because i didn't like what had happened to me and i played the first 90 minutes which probably would take me two hours if it been my first playthrough. So like a good chunk, and it, it just was like not making good use of my time, even for like the, a, a short game. Like I felt like in the first hour, my time was really being wasted, and especially with the random battles, I can't excuse that shit. It's 2015. I get like wanting to, to do a throwback thing or whatever. Like I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. I I, if you that. were just running into guys like they were literally in the world and right. you like walked up and talked to them and you're like how am i going to figure out how to make friends with this guy totally fine it is a but, player hostile mechanic that actively discourages exploration and has for literally 20 years that's why okay. everybody stopped a couple doing things it. though a couple things though the more that you encounter those random encounters the fewer show up um so it's not like it's not like as you're playing <laughs> you're constantly being buffeted by random encounters and yeah like the, the, you do see each each monster in the game has like a different sort of personality trait and figuring out how to interact with that, which is really, 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 really simple at first. Like, here's a sad bug. And it's like, well, tell him a joke. Okay, that did it. Peaceful solution discovered. <laughs> Later on, you have like six or seven options. Sometimes you have to like do them in sequence. And while you're doing them, the really cool thing about uh, the, the characters is uh, their attacks are represented in this little sort of bullet hell mini game. Uh, like that, that yeah, part's like really, that really cool. And it does some really genuinely super cool shit later on. Like there's a vegetable monster and one of the peaceful options you have is like talk about how hungry you are. And then all of a sudden in this little bullet hell mini game, instead of throwing all vegetables at you that hurt you, if you get hit by them, some of the vegetables heal you. And so you can like eat some of those vegetables. Thanks vegetable monster. That was really great. Uh, and that's actually what pacifies the the, the vegetable monster. And like, it does some it, it mixes up the formula in some really, really challenging ways later on. But like that stuff I feel like works really well because it makes the monsters just as much characters as like the NPCs that you talk to in the towns. And yeah, you run into them like multiple times, but I I draw no delineation between that and like any other RPG where you just fucking hit them with a sword to get the points that they give you so you can, you know get stronger or whatever to me i don't play those either <laughs> yeah i guess that's i guess that's fair uh the the game like the game handles morality in such a like uh, interesting and unprecedented and it's fucking embarrassing that it's unprecedented way in that like the characters are all so great and and so enjoyable and so charming and so endearing 
that if you decide to just fucking kill all of them, there's not like you don't get evil points that like moves you down the evil scale and all of a sudden you get evil side powers or whatever. You just feel bad. Like it, you 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 feel a very like real guilt for doing it. And in the inverse, like if you work hard to like figure out the solutions, which are almost never obvious solutions on, you know, how to essentially save them, the game delivers content that otherwise you don't see. And it's some of like the best the best like stuff that happens in the game leading up to like this really uh delightful ending that is like has a really really happy conclusion that like games typically don't dole out to that degree um and and i don't know like the way that it it, i've seen people call it emotionally manipulative because like it makes you like characters (laughs) by making these really endearing characters and it makes you feel guilty for killing them for for killing them and the fact that that's like the fact that that's a fucking novel concept is like exactly why it it I think it deserves to be talked about. It also does some really cool meta shit with uh, repeated playthroughs. Like I don't want to spoil it, but like it, that that's my favorite thing. And so few games do it, but just like game characters aware of game mechanics um, in like a not like shitty Matt Hazard way, but like a really 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 intelligent way. Uh, the the Undertale does does a lot of that too. Yeah, um, without, and it, without any specific spoilers, when I re I restarted because I killed a character I didn't realize I didn't have to, uh, and when I did, someone referenced exactly what I had done. Yeah, like huh, specifically really said, uh, "We but all it, know you're doing this because you killed this per this creature and felt bad about it, and you wanted to try again." I was yeah. like, "Whoa!" They, okay. There's there's a. Uh, some light light spoilers here, so for like a minute, maybe skip ahead. There's that super happy ending you get by not, you know, by working hard to not kill anybody and endeavoring to like find the peaceful solution in the face of like hyper non-peaceful enemies from time to time. Uh, there's, of course, the inverse of that where you fucking kill everything in the world. And uh, when, you, when you're doing that, it's probably not your first run, right? Like you, you have to actually work hard and, and it's not just you do every fight and kill everything that you, you, you know, get in a random encounter with. You literally have to walk around until you have exhausted the area of enemies by killing everything in it. Like you have to know that you know what you're doing. And then towards the end of the game, somebody comments on it. Like you're not a bad person. You're just doing this because you can and like when when I got that particular conversation with somebody, it was fucking horrifying because they were right. Like I wasn't doing it because like I, Griffin, the person who was playing a game was a bad person. It's because it was content that I knew was in the game that I had to do. And it like made the whole thing real in like a fucking like insane way that like stuck with me uh, and and is is why it is my favorite game of the year because like it gets it gets real. Like it's not like, it's not just there's a moment in the game that is sad, and I was sad during that moment. It like, it got fucking real, guys. <laughs> um, and also because like it's a, a occasionally hysterical, occasionally like kind of scary, and it does all that usual emotional stuff too. But I I, I adored Undertale, and but like I said, like it is it is easy to sort of get out of the flow of it. Um, and miss the message. I talked to Chris a little bit about it because Chris did the same thing you did, Justin, which is kill that oh, first I'm, character. I'm still kind of pissed. Right, and I think that's so interesting because the game, it doesn't beat you over the head with it, but it does in no uncertain terms say like, hey, don't kill anybody. And then you reach yeah, this boss fight and I, it's like, well, you uh, no, 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 you reach this boss fight and it's like, well, it doesn't seem like I can do a peaceful solution to this, so I right. guess I'll just, I'll just kill this one thing. 
And it's like, okay, the, 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 the problem and Russ said the same thing. This, That's what I'm saying. That is like, you killed somebody. Like, you but, can say what you want to say. The game said, don't kill somebody, and then the, you killed somebody. Yeah, the issue there, though, is the game does have so much repetition in those random uh, fights. And then to get to a very pivotal point where yeah. it then it, it does the RPG thing of recycling dialogue. Okay, but there's progress and there's the, the character that you're fighting that you killed has like facial expressions that change the more that you do things. Like there, things are changing. It's I'm not like you really hit the infinite for it. loop. But like, I think the game gets in, in its own way a little bit. Yeah, what I, what I was struggling with along those lines is that there is an experience like and leveling system that you don't, get any experience if you don't kill stuff um and it left me wondering especially with the repetition left me wondering like should i be balancing this like are there some things that i should kill to level and then there's some things that i should try to save are there things that are worth saving and things that aren't worth saving and like i i i really i get where it's coming from and like it's something that i actually like think a lot about in games and i'm I, i think it's really worth like thinking about and talking about, um, I just think it it does not do it in the best way. Like I don't think it dis it 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 um, it's overly subtle. Like the moral code of the game is 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 overly subtle. But I feel like it almost I feel like it has to be because if it if it just if you every time you got in a fight you had a spare or kill button, it would it would yeah. it wouldn't have well, the no, impact not that. But like if you're doing something and like. Like if they were different dialogue, there was different dial actually different dialogue showing up in that sequence. I probably wouldn't have killed that thing. But but you yeah, did. I, it was I, I did kill that this is one specific spot too. I I and it's I really well, and it's also so it's a, early. It is a that, it is a pivotal spot. It is a, it is mm-hmm. that is the fucking run killer right there. Although it doesn't have to be a run killer. If you kill that character, it's not like the game comes to an end. You can go sure. on and still like experience the rest of the stuff in the game. But like. The fact that you, the, we're all talking about this, the fact that you felt this guilt about it, the fact that Justin restarted so he could go back and do it. I didn't it, really like, feel guilt as much as I felt like this is the right way I should be playing is not killing anyone, and I can't figure yeah. out how to not kill this character. Absolutely. Agreed. I don't feel guilty. I felt like I was tricked. Right. Like, I don't feel yeah. like it laid out what what my... Like, my, I feel like I needed to solve a Rubik's I, Cube puzzle and not but like, I felt like I was trying to emotional solve it. connection. You're saying, yeah. like, I, I totally get what you guys are saying, and I'm like... I don't want to sound like preachy or high and mighty or anything like that, but like it's still it, ultimately at the end of the day, it is still a binary and you killed the thing. Like it tells you not to kill a thing and you, it doesn't when say you, that this, though. Like it doesn't say not. Well, even kill. beyond that, it's not that it, t- it tells me that it's that I tried not to do that for, for a while and then to find out. And that you got I, close. I, it, it, and, 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 I, and I was duped by the language of video games. I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's interesting. I, yeah. I can appreciate this game in many different spots. It's very interesting. Yeah, um, if you're going to tell a joke it's... or do something like that, it needs to be like three or four or something. Like, y- you do definitely get that. It's, 20, like, it's 26. Yeah, right. It's like, I, <laughs> it doesn't, It yeah, it just didn't work for me. I'm. But I, I, I think I, there's I, a lot I really like about this game. I have not finished it yet, and I cannot wait to finish it because it feels like it's getting better and better after that beginning. I'm also a little bummed that I feel like I need to restart. Yeah, I understand you guys like getting turned off early and not wanting to finish it for for this particular like discussion. But like, fuck the repeated playthrough stuff. Kids, like that thing that you mentioned, Justin. Like, there's so much of that, and it's so fucking cool. And it makes me like it makes you think about. NPCs in games 
like I was playing Fallout at the same time I was playing this and just like whatever fucking no scope headshot exploding gibbing like every single person <laughs> in the game um and, and but then Undertale like makes you think about the question of just like like what if these were people that could remember like what if next time you played Fallout like they'd be like hey you fucking made my head explode like a watermelon Gallagher nice work uh like what what if a game could do that but it handles it like when i say that you it sounds like a cheesy hook but it, it really like undertale handles it so 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 well uh let's talk about the best game of the year but the three of you guys are fucking murderers psychopaths so i guess it might not be for you uh my favorite game of the year i should say is uh is her story uh or as some people say her story uh, which is, uh, let me just put it this way, folks. F and V games are back, and they are back. <laughs> in a big way. We are all. This is a. This is this is the tip of the sphere. You watch. Um, oh my god. Um, uh, one time I watched. Uh, this is uh, only sort of related. One time I watched the the MC Hammer behind the music, and the very like in the closing moments where they're talking about where Hammer's career is at again, uh, his hairdresser. Yes, his hairdresser is trying to make the case that um, there's a big hammer resurgence in the offing, that it is coming. And he said, I don't know what happened the first time. I don't know if it was the planets lining up or whatever, but those planets are lining up again. <laughs> like just getting ready for like hammer to make a big comeback. And that's how I feel about FMV games. They're back uh, in a major way. Uh, Her story with- is the MC hammer of video games. Yes. Um, God. Okay. So if you haven't played Her Story, you should probably just go play it. Because uh, it's not it's that pretty short. It's pretty short. It's pretty cheap. I played it on an iPad with my wife with like an earbud in one ear. Uh, and it's still like it, it works really, really well. If you if you haven't played it because you don't want to plop down in front of a computer like the the mobile version of it works really well. There's no fucking like twitchy, you know, headshots you have to execute. Or it's whatever. a gr- it's actually a really good co-op game in a in, in a way that like FMV games are starting to come into their own in that regard. Like. Because there's not that Twitch aspect, people are starting to take those out of FMV games and realize they work better without them. Uh, you're starting to see more people who are who are doing games that are actually really fun to play with somebody else, like because yeah. of the pace and they're 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 much more narrative driven. But her story is about um, there is a, a you are a, a an investigator of some sort, uh, and you are uh, trying to unearth. Uh, a crime basically and, and trying to find the clues about it. I'm, I'm being really general here intentionally. Um, you're trying to unearth, unearth clues about a crime. And uh, the only thing that you have, uh, like the only clues that you have with regards to that are the, the, these video interviews uh, with a woman who um, the, the clips are actually like split into her answers to questions and those answers uh, are, are to questions that you don't have access to. You don't know what the questions are. Um, you only can watch her answers to the questions. But every word that she says has been cataloged so that you can search for uh, any word in the transcript of any video. Um, but you can, uh, at max, return like five results at a time. So you only get the first five results. Uh, of any given search term. So if you search for something really common like the, you're going to get the five sort of chronologically earliest videos pretty much because she, she says the and pretty much almost which all. Which is a good, which is a fair strategy if you want to call sure. it that. 
right? If you want to use common words as just a way to find stuff you haven't found before, but basically you have to become pretty intentional about like you have to about what you are playing and why and like what video clip you're you're looking for, like what you're specifically looking for information on, because uh the the real like the difficulty if you want to call it that of the game and the challenge is. Finding the right search term to find the exact bit of information you need to find that new piece of information that you uh, haven't haven't unearthed before. Um, it's a really interesting way to intake a story because it's a non-linear. It's truly non-linear in that yeah. if you knew the right thing to look for, you could see, you Who know, the, yeah, the the hook or the whatever of the whole story on your first search. You probably won't. Um, but you sort of decide, weirdly, um, you sort of decide when you beat it. You, you sort of decide when it's done. Um, there, is, there is kind of an ending, kind of. Sort of. Well. I mean. No, I wouldn't call it a goal. <laughs> I would say uh, when, you have done, when you have done enough her story, a new thing happens. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. I, I mean, there's, there, you have an objective going in. I you don't say. really beat her story. Um, honestly, calling it a game is like kind of like I. I'm not oh, super. No. I'm not That's super not interested in, in, in those sorts of semantic discussions. But like, it is it it is so unlike pretty much anything else I've ever played. It's kind it's kind of a magic trick. The the way that they handle the nonlinear story because what you what you said is true. Like if you know the right word that is in like the one clip that reveals the nature of the crime and who did it. Uh, you could, you could beat the game if you want to call it beating it in like four seconds. But like the, the fact that the game is, is designed in a way that that almost certainly isn't going to happen. And that despite the fact that using those search terms, you could watch the whole thing out of order. It still makes narrative sense. Like I still felt like I was, figuring stuff out in an order despite the fact that there should have been no order to it whatsoever yeah, i don't know how they did behind the writing I, it's like a really I, tough thing to pull off right it's so every every word of dialogue because it can't just be well written it has to be if you consider each word also a game mechanic it's so intentional in a way that i literally don't know how they the they they did it where they wrote a script that was you know good and engrossing but also if they had put the wrong word in the wrong place you, the story would have been revealed to you out of order right because you think you start playing and you think like whoa well i'm going to search for the word killer and like y your mind works through those obvious words and then through those obvious words the story is told kind of in order like it's it i can't even wrap my mind around how difficult that must have been yeah, it's pretty impressive. I will say that parts of the story overall are a little dumb. Like the 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 twist of it is like or the, I should say like the story that explains the twist of the game is a little dumb. But at the same time like I was like in the moment when I was playing it I was very engrossed in figuring out what it was. Uh yeah. Definitely I don't worth playing. Go grab it. Are we out of gas? Are we out of gas gang? I'm like, well, we, I'm, this is the end of the... That was the end. That's it. We actually decided well, the number one of that group. Yeah, so what... Griffin, recap for me. What do we have... What are the... Uh, Animal well, Crossing no, wait, Happy we, Home Designer. We can't yeah. recap. We got to pick the best of those. So we best have... Of, best of Rocket her League. story. Rocket League. Yep. Downwell and Undertale. Downwell and Undertale. God, I feel like it's only her story is the only one of that whole okay. bunch. It's even so I would pick there. Rocket League. I didn't like any of the other games. <laughs> <laughs> didn't like any of them. 
Um, I mean, like, this is a tough. This is a tough one because I know the three of you did like actively disliked Undertale, so I feel like I shouldn't even. I didn't waste dislike my vote Undertale. I liked it a lot. Yeah, um, I, I didn't dislike it. I but just it ain't. Didn't like it, it ain't gonna get. It ain't gonna get no votes. No, um, it ain't moving. No. Uh, let's narrow it down to two from those four. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to. I'm willing to drop Undertale because I know it's just not going to do it. But go play it if you haven't. Uh, Rocket League, yes, I agree on, and her story. I would say between those two. Okay. Um, it's got. I think I'm Rocket League. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, that's not quite fair for reasons that we won't reveal here. But um, <laughs> it doesn't. It literally doesn't matter because does, even if sure he was does. voting, then we might have an actual discussion about no, it. That's valid. I watched Dumb Chris. Anyway, I I just kind of hey, thought the original game would win over. Let's a sequel, take a trip but... back in time to 2015 <laughs> when <laughs> Justin couldn't fucking play Towerfall. And sure. Yeah, and he comes back. Uh, just because Towerfall's yeah, it's similar. I think actually. Oh, so, that's that just launched on Vita. Can that be considered for our a surprise okay, winner? Let's, let's bring it <laughs> <in> <laughs> four years in a row. Okay, uh, so we got Bloodborne, Super Mario Maker, and Rocket League. Congratulations, yep. Bloodborne. Yeah, congrats, Bloodborne. You did it, buddy. Plant, what's your vote? Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I feel, I've got this this amazing God, this new is system is so friction free. <laughs> I, I think I think the system is us free. not doing it all year. So when it comes around, it's like, yeah, sure, that sounds that sounds yeah, awesome. whatever. We're not. You know what it is? We don't have a full year of like defending games to the hilt, like to already like have these. Uh, lines yeah. drawn my blade, in the sand. My, my blade is dull. I'm, yeah, right. I, I, I need the three of your blades to yeah. sharpen it by striking. Overall, though, I thought it was like, uh, what did you get? So, okay, congratulations, Bloodborne. Hooray. I would vote Rocket League. No one cares. But yeah, I right. mean, I would too. I okay. I, I think I think a, a tie of Rocket League and Bloodborne sounds great to me. Yeah, I think I think they're both excellent. What? What's going on here? No, 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 no. no. Is this a tiebreaker? You Are died, you I killed you. We have a tiebreaker, and you didn't ask the number one tiebreaker king. I of buried the you. <laughs> I buried you under draft. the ocean. You're I'm dead. Here. The weird thing I'm is that people can't see this, but he's covered in, it looks like algae. <laughs> I've had and, some one of his, and one of his eyeballs is hanging out of a bear skull. And there's a he's there's wrapped. a very small crab coming out of the socket. Yeah, he's wrapped in plastic. You should know it's been a tough year for me. It's been 12 months since I've made that pivotal decision, whatever that fuck I predicted last year, I don't remember. And I'm back to break this intense tie between what the what games? I don't even know. Rocket League and uh and Blood Which Boy. was the one where you got the bang all the like animal creatures? Uh, and you made friends with them. Tokyo Jungle. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. There's a skeleton and he makes like puns. Oh, oh, Undertale. Yeah. And then you like, you flirt with the skeleton and you like, you have a thing going with him. There is. Yes, there is a, there is yeah, a skeletal that's my, that's dating simulator. I vote for Fuck the yes. skeleton fucking Fuck game. Yes, it's happening. Wait, is this a three-way tie now? <laughs> three-way tie. Undertale, Rocket League, Bloodborne. That sounds good to me, guys. Let's just swap out Rocket League for Super Mario Maker, and that sounds great, guys. I'm totally Happy on to board be of with service. It. Thank you, New York Giraffe. So three-way tie. First one in uh, Polygon, or I shouldn't say Polygon. We do not want to associate this with Polygon <laughs> branding officially in any way. Um, 
but congratulations to those three games equally good. One of them is a little bit better, I agree, but let's just uh, call it what it is, you know? Uh, what do you guys think of this year in, in terms of gaming? It was a weird, I mean, it was a weird year. Weird. Like, I feel like there were more games that people liked that I just didn't get, like, yeah. at, at all. And yeah. I, feel, I, I, it, it's not like a, I wouldn't call it a year where there were just so many great games. It does but seem there, like there's like the quality is more spread out where like four or five years ago, it was like, oh, these were the three best games of the year. No question. But I feel and like the, t- it's just the like, terminology we're using is now inadequate because what, what the fuck does best best mean? Like, I don't I don't know about you guys, but like when I, I was talking to Chris about this, um, when I make like my top 10 votes, my top 10 decision, what do you do? Like what metric are you using? Hours played, enjoyment, it's game? I, like, it's what yeah. I like the most. We've I mean, also liked the most. Reached- most the Oscar problem, right? Like the Oscars isn't really the best movie of the year. Like there's a, there's an Oscar movie, and people vote on Oscar types of movies, and are, like the besties doesn't do that for games, right? Like we're not just looking at like okay, what are the headiest games of the year or games that aspire to be the best? We're comparing things here that are like an esport with an FMV story based game with like. Batman. Yeah, Michael like, Bay versus of you know Merchant Ivory picture. Yeah, other mediums have this. They just don't usually put these things against each other. Yeah. I guess I, you know what I I think I'm just looking at like you know uh, there was a lot of hubbub about uh 2014 in games and like being a little bit underwhelming. I'm looking at the 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 game of the year list from 2014 for Polygon. I actually think I dug last year. Let me read this to you guys and you let me know what you think. This is the the be- this is Polygon's top 10 from 2014. PT. That was uh, what? Number 10? Number 10. Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. Fucking good game. Mm-hmm. Shovel Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Sick. a good game. Far Cry 4. Totally rad. It was a really good Hearth- game. Hearthstone. Damn, yeah, that was a good amazing. game. Mario Kart 8. Sick. Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Fucking great. Dark Souls 2. Are you kidding me? Uh, Wolfenstein, The New Order, and Dragon Age Inquisition. Like, 2014, uh, for me, for my personal taste, like, that kind of kicks this but that's, ass. Can, but can, that's, I, can I do that, something with that list, though, really quick? I yeah, feel like too. better versions of almost all of those games came out this year. Really? Like, no. Like, the better version well, of Far really. Cry for me is Metal Gear or the new Assassin's. Well, it's not the, even the same. Yeah, 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 it's I know. Like but, like, the, the better version of Dark Souls 2 is Bloodborne. Okay, I'll grant you that one. But, like, like the Far In terms Cry of more interesting Nintendo like, games, I'd take Splatoon. Like, over... Smash? Over either of those. That's I mean, different. they're great. They're great. But they're, I've just... I've played those but games before. This is... This My, is... Last year... Last year I, I think it's less, Justin, that the games last year were... As good, it's just like just those familiar. ten, those ten, not familiar even. Those ten, like, were the winners. Like the the yeah. if you looked at the polygon voting for 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 the top ten last year, it's gonna be like maybe there's a, a few outliers, but like That's actually how do you how are you yeah. voting on these ten Great games? Point. Like how are you ranking yeah. these ten games? Like my top ten list, maybe three of the games on my top ten list made it on the our Polygon's top ten. And that's sort and, and of what I was saying. It's like it wasn't as obvious this year. It was more spread out. But I, I don't think it's because of riches right now. Uh, right, but I it, it, we got to be careful because I don't think it's because there are more great games. I I, 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 I think there's just more games, and you find the stuff that like. That, like, means the most to you through this, like, much, much broader palette. I think there are more great games for more targeted groups of people. I think that's what's changing is there are 
tons, I, I think, way more games out, and I think they're way more good to great games. I think they're for very specific groups now. Uh, sure. Which is, it's it's funny that we're not doing this show now on a weekly basis. Because there would started, absolutely be more fodder. Yes. Yeah, we could, it, it could easily be done now. There There yeah. is like totally room for a show that on a weekly basis just puts four games against each other because that's how much stuff Don't comes out. And anyway, this is, this is how we've chosen to tell everybody listening that we, 2016, the year of the... No, I'm no, just kidding. No, no, no. This is this uh, is this uh this two hours we've done now has almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I I this year's weird because it, there's so much and there's so much good stuff. And at the same time, I can't really say there was anything this year that like I, I wish something had moved me like Undertale had for Griffin. Um and I can't say that there's anything that really hit me, that really landed with that sort of impact for me this year. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should uh, finish Undertale. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna finish it. No, because because I joking aside, like it was that for me in a year that otherwise, like Bloodborne's a terrific game, and I I sort of work my rankings as like what games are going to mean the most to me in the future. Like what games am I going to like re- replay? Um, like Undertale, yeah, absolutely. Bloodborne, absolutely. Um, like that that's kind of how I made that decision. And for, for a while, like I didn't have something like that until Undertale. And I feel like that th- those are the types of experiences that are mean the most to me. Uh, oh, there there is one thing that I do want to say uh, about all this stuff is <laughs> less and less I don't have time, and I think Justin kinda hit this too, time for a mediocre version of Call of Duty or a Halo or a game that I'm that I've already done before. Um because there is so much, and there's so much that is fresher than those things, that yeah. seeing sequels of things that I've already done, and they look very similar to what I've already done, man, I just, I can't. Like, there's there are too many other things to play, and too many things that, like, are happy to eat hundreds of hours of my time for me to m- carve out a portion of my life to be like, yeah, like Call of Duty is really, really well made, but it turns out there are a lot of really well made games now. Um, yeah, and you, you I feel have that, to I find f- a way to spice up my life. I feel the same way about open world games, almost as a whole genre. In that, like, I it's kind the well's kind of been poisoned for me a little bit in the sense that, like, I it's hard for me to enjoy an open world game without feeling like this is a lot like almost all of the other open world games where you go around filling out a map, doing stuff. That is, yes, there's a lot of it, but it's not as deep as like it would have been in a more linear campaign where they spent more time doing less stuff to make that less stuff a whole lot better. Like I, I, Assassin's Creed, everybody said was so great this year and I played it and I just felt that same way of just like this treats me a lot like every other Ubisoft yeah. open world game treats me. And like, yeah, it's well made, but I, I don't have any, yeah, I just don't have the, can you do that? Yeah, how many times can you like climb the towers to find the waypoints for the side missions and then do the side missions over and over again? Like in in I that used to be my shit and now it is not my shit anymore. And I would be surprised if like I would be surprised if I got deep into that like I uh, that that genre at all in in 2016. Yeah, I mean, a big left turn I think would have to make be made. So like so big, biggest dis- biggest disappointments, codename Steam. What a shit pile. Hoofa <laughs> doofa. <laughs> Yeah, wow, 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 I hated that Guys, game. we forgot to do a halftime. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Here's our halftime. It's at the end. 
Codename Steam is a real pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that you know the worst part about pile. Here's the let me tell you the worst thing about Codename Steam. The worst thing about Codename Steam is that uh, after I put out my review, they released an update. Uh, they released an <laughs> update of uh, 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 Codename Steam that in- slightly increased your ability to fast forward the a- enemy action and made me have to go back and play more Codename Steam. <laughs> is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> uh, um, so that's going to do it for us. Animal Crossing know. Happy Home Designer. Both my favorite game of the year and also one of my biggest disappointments. Um, so so powerful were its core ideas. The game moved me, guys. Mm-hmm. Criterion Games essentially disappearing from the face of the industry is my big disappointment. I guess that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, I sorry. Didn't, I didn't get as many Platinums as I thought I would this year. I platinum that uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night. That, that was worthwhile. Absolutely it was. <laughs> um, oh, biggest disappointment. Persona 5 getting delayed. I need it. I want it. I do love how long they waited to delay that, though. It's like December f- twenty, December 32nd. They're like, guys, I don't think it's going to drop in 2015, guys. Sorry. Be a little bit late. I got to say, as far as disappointments, I'm a little disappointed that um, I'm not... Uh... I'm not getting into as many mobile games as I as I used to. Oh, there just aren't really... there just aren't that many good that ones. Is? There, yeah. I mean, the, the Lara Croft game I thought was really really good. Russ, I, Russ, I trust you on this. Are there like there used to be a lot that I I was just like all the time getting hooked on new stuff. I just don't get hooked on mobile games that often. I would say these days maybe one a month is like a really good mobile game, um, but not more than that. Is essentially how, where we're at. How can I find recommendations on those, Russ? Because I miss getting the, I miss hearing about it. So you could uh, find a bunch of very good games on ProductHunt.com, which is where I work. Look at that. I you know, I just button. edited that to say Polygon. No. <laughs> I just what went through. Is and pro- oh, Russ, what is Product Hunt? Uh, what is Polygon? Imagine Control a world F. <laughs> where people think things are cool and they upvote those things, those products, and they discuss them and, and the magic happens, uh, you know. So it's like Amazon? It's no. kind of like Besties, the forum. It's like Besties, the website. Yeah. That's so how they it recruited sucks. you for, so your pioneering. <laughs> for your pioneering work with the Besties bot, with the world famous Besties podcast. Precisely. So come to Product Hunt and pay my bills. Um, no, this was like, I'm glad we did this because it was like, Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a fascinating year. Like, there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about, which I think is evidenced by the fact that we spent what feels like the first half of this podcast talking about games that we weren't going to discuss. Um, there was just like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff for everybody. If regard, if you couldn't find a game to like this year, it's like who are you, Vladimir Putin? He doesn't like paying attention. Yeah, come on, Putin, get with Putin. it. Check out Undertale. Check out Undertale, really Putin. Push, push you're gonna through. you're gonna love it. Any final words? Uh, never again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it this time. I really don't know where this is. I hope someone is hearing this. I don't know like <laughs> where it goes. Yeah, we're into some like can't stop the signal bullshit right now. Like I don't know where this is going out to. <laughs> we're literally like some pirate radio stuff. Um nope, no final words here. Great job. I thought we did a really good job discussing it and we were all very respectful. And wait, what one? Um, we had a three-way tie between Bloodborne <laughs> and uh, Rocket League and non-finalist Undertale. That's <laughs> yeah, fine, whatever. Nobody gives a fuck anyway. Truth. 
Um, I do want to just, I guess, final words if we do want to put a button on it. For real, though, Konami, fuck off. Stop being total (laughs) fucking monster dicks. Um, Or do, but just, like, be ready. So I guess I'll see you guys. Be ready for what happened next. Next (sighs) week. Next week. Yeah, we're back. back (laughs) In a big, big way. Next week. What if Konami does drop some dope shit in 2016 and then, like, the next episode of the besties has to start with like a big long mia culpa from me <laughs> just like guys I'm i didn't sorry think- i told Sid, uh, sorry i told Konami to stop being such monster dicks hey, 12, sorry. Sorry. five months ago i said something very mean and 12 months ago <laughs> they changed this might all be like meta pt shit of like the worst villain in the world <gasps> can you fucking imagine if this was all just one giant long con by Like, he did uh, that Kojima. bullshit with the whale trailer that was for Metal Gear. Oh, like my this, God. And the head transplant? This is what I'm saying. Guillermo del Toro is going to, like, pop up at the end and high-five him. Like, got you. <laughs> Crimson we got Peak. you, Griffin. What were you saying about my baby brain, sucker? Now who's got the baby brain? You do have the baby brain. It's going to be released like Frog Factions as one of Konami's, like, super <laughs> shitty mobile free-to-play gambling games but yeah. if you play like 15 hours of it fucking norman reedus appears <laughs> Wrong factions arg is my game of the year yeah absolutely let's end the podcast do it it is it's already ended you know I, you've forgotten how to end you it you gotta I feel end like. it oh, oh oh okay okay oh yeah um so send thanks. us your email recommendations for what you want yes. us to talk about next week uh mm-hmm. No, I think you usually do stuff like that. Tweet at us at bestiespodcast.org is a Twitter handle. Uh, Anyway, uh, until the next time we speak, uh, my name is Justin McRoy. I'm Christopher McRoy. I'm Christopher Thomas Plant. I'm Ross Frostick. I don't think we've ever done this. No, I don't think so either. (laughs) Anyway, so this is the end of the show because shouldn't... I know the last part, though. Um, Shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Bessie!